If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff. Shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington and I'm joined by a very special guest. It's Johan Schiphol. He's a filmmaker, podcaster, one half of Enigmatic Productions podcast of Trash Tapes, film screening organizer and film teacher and of course, returning guest. Welcome <laughs> back to the show, Johan. Hello. My God, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been too damn long. Too on? long. I mean, I remember being on one of the earlier episodes. We did Wreck together. That was a while ago. That was an incredibly early episode. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you appeared on the podcast before Andy Conduit Turner did. Co-host yes. of the show. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check that. So I think so. So yeah, episode 19 was when we did Wreck. Yeah. Way back in, I guess, 2007. Yeah. Oh, God. 2017. 2007, I added an extra 10 years on to that. Yeah. Have you been doing it this long, sir? <laughs> would, would we would we have ran out of films to cover if that was no. the case? No, there's no. always, there's something I've learned That's by true, doing, yeah. by doing like movie podcasts is that there's always a movie you haven't found yet. And when you yeah. find that movie and you watch it, you realize, oh, there's more shit to talk about. <laughs> so there's so much more shit, and shit, you know, shit is being released over and over again every single week. Oh, here we go. So Andy first appeared on the show, episode twenty-three. It follows, and you appeared on the show, episode nineteen. So four episodes before him. Um, that's a little I mean, win. That's a little victory there for I you. am part of the old guard. Is official now. Um... The old guard. <laughs> um, and if you've noticed by the 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 there's only two voices. Andy isn't mm. here this week. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, the last few weeks has been a bit sporadic in terms of us getting together as regularly as we'd like to. Mm. And the um, festive plans in the week leading up to Christmas have kind of been all over the place, trying to get all three of us 
um not in the same room but you know in the same virtual room yeah. together has been difficult so unfortunately mm. we couldn't do that and last week i was feeling a little bit under the weather and you know what i still am feeling a little bit under the weather but Aww. i'm gonna persevere because i'm desperate to talk about a this film and desperate to talk to you johan because it's been so mm. long yeah um, and also christmas special i guess we should call this episode yeah this would be the christmas special wouldn't it yeah, and I don't think we've ever done like an out-and-out sort of Christmas special. We've kind of covered, I think we did an episode where we covered like festive films in general. Mm. I think we've done some other episodes which have been um, about films that came out around about this time of the year. But never, I would say, a specifically horror-focused Christmas film yeah. singular, singular episode. I don't think so, at least. So this mm. is a first for us. and. Yeah. Uh, a film that you're well-versed in, I believe. Is that correct? I am incredibly well-versed in it for the fact that this is, as as basically sort of the creator of the Trash Tapes podcast and basically a lover of cult and bad films in general, like, if I do... I told you, when you gave me the list of movies, I said, like, it would be stupid of me not to talk about this one because it's, it's my brand, almost. You know, it's my <laughs> kind of brand. It is trashy, schlocky what controversial nonsense and so it, yeah. it, it, if i did any other movie it would be a disservice so i'm glad to be put on for this one <laughs> yeah absolutely no disrespect to you Johan, but i would never invite you on the show if we were doing a big highbrow um you know horror classic <laughs> no no you have to put me right in the gutter mate right in the gutter <laughs> swimming in swimming in the filth with everyone else and that's swimming where i feel filth. at home Ah, oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. We'll take everything <laughs> down a notch just for you. Um, ah. But yeah, when you say controversial, this film was very controversial, wasn't it? Yeah, huge. Um, and I've got, I've got, I've got some history talking about that when we get into it. But yeah, it's okay, hugely yeah. controversial. Uh, bloody, uh, ro- bloody pictures and people really not wanting this movie to actually ever come out. So it's a it's solid gold. So we're what what a Christmas special is. If you're feeling joyous and happy, just know that what we're going to talk about is going to make you feel utterly depressed. So mm. merry flipping Christmas, like some people's Christmases, I guess. Um, but <laughs> yeah, of course, Christmas isn't a great time for everybody. So you know, if you expect, but then again, if you're tuning into a horror movie podcast, you're not always going to be thinking about happiness and rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. I mean, you might be thinking about some of that stuff, yeah. but. We're here to ruin Santa uh, for you. We're here to ruin Santa. And Santa may already be ruined for you, you know. Some people's first um, experience of Santa might have been seeing your dad's um, beard kind of like dro- drooping down, like leering over you at the bottom of the bed yeah. as he plays. That could have been that. Maybe yeah. sitting on a stranger's knee in a, in a, in a shopping mall. Um, so, being slightly inappropriate. I mean, <laughs> there yeah, was slightly um... inappropriate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, was there was um? Oh, have you ever heard of these? One of my favorite things to do is sometimes when you look at some of the old newspaper things, they do reviews of like winter wonderlands. They do, and there's one which was really weird, where literally this this one person, Santa, who was clearly being a bit of a drunk, just started just ranting to the kids about gun control and oh, about, wow. about about an entire massacre that was happening in the United States at the time. And it's just funny seeing all of these kids sitting there going, Santa, what are you talking about? And all the parents just grabbing these kids going, what is this crazy right-wing gun nut doing as a Santa Claus? Go away. Santa that would Claus, tell- he's into all that stuff. 
Uh, look, there's been loads of Santa. There's loads of movies with Santa Claus has weapons. So you know, it's it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> One of the funniest sort of like uh, weird evil Santa real life stories I ever heard. Do you remember the TV show Russell Brand's Ponderland, which was on like E four, like probably twenty ten or something? Yeah. You used to go back through like old footage, um, like documentary footage and stuff from like the sixties, seventies, and eighties, mm. and there was one story about a, a a Santa Claus who'd been employed, and his name was Norbert Cleaverhook. That was like his real name, Norbert Cleaverhook. <laughs> and it had, and they had the list of like all the all the things he'd done, and that eventually led to him getting sacked, getting fired as the Santa Claus. And one of them was uh, shouting at children, swearing at children. And then the very, I think the very last one was hitting a parent. <laughs> but then they were like, to be fair, if you're hiring a man called Norbert Cleaverhook, Cleaverhook. Yes. to be your Santa, then you've kind of, yeah, you've made a rod for your own back there or a hook I for just, your own back. I, I just kind of want to imagine the interview process and say, like, just, just they had to read a CV. I go, Cleaverhook, yeah. huh? Oh, wait, mm. I've got the, I've got the exact quote. I've got the exact quote here. So apparently he attacked one child then swore at the parent who intervened. <laughs> hey, th- hey, that's my son. Fuck you. Damn you, dirty kids. Smack him. You've been naughty, you bastard. It must be pretty stressful, though, having loads of kids sit on your knee over and over again. I imagine quite, like, uh, taxing as well, like, for that particular knee. Unless you alternate knees. <laughs> I suppose you have to, wouldn't you? I'm just having is... to... <laughs> I'm just having a thought of just having just one knee just being extra sore because all these kids are just sitting and bouncing Ooh, careful. on it. Careful with my knee. I've had 28 kids. No, 28 is probably overcooking it. 2,800. 2,800 kids, kids doing this, just jumping knee. on that same knee, you bastard. And, and there is there is a moment in this film as well where the stresses of that become clear in a very unnerving scene, um, yeah. which, of course, we will, we will get to. Yes. Um, yeah, so evil Santa Clauses aside for now, mm-hmm. um, yes. I would like to talk to you about a new cult film club screening that you're yes. hosting at the Derby Quad in mm-hmm. January. Yes. Can you tell us about that? Well, okay. So at the moment, I've been collaborating with the Quad and Derby to do cult film screenings, and I've been wanting to do more like this for a while. I love film clubs, and I've been wanting to do some more film clubby stuff like that. So one of the first things I've been doing is uh, talking to the quad and saying, can we get these kind of particular films out? The first one we did was in, in November, and we did, oh, we we did Pink Flamingos, which is oh wow, okay, top quality gold. But the only problem is, I thought that 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 we did it because it was the fiftieth anniversary of that movie. And if anyone knows Pink Flamingos, you know how incredibly controversial, how very difficult it is to sell to people who've never seen Pink Flamingos. It literally ends with a shit eating grin. Like, literally. And so you're like, okay. It was almost like a challenge for me. It's like, how many people can I convince to watch this piece of crap? Mm. Even John Waters, director, says he's almost baffled as to how this movie's now in the American film library. Like, officially in the American film library. So I was able to get 25 to 30 people to attend the screening. And I said, okay, there are some weirdos out there who want to watch weird stuff. Great. I'm going to get it. So in January... January the 14th um, at the Quad in Derby, about 8 o'clock, we are going to be doing another cult film, uh, but not as weird as that. But it's weird in a different way, but not as like as controversial. We're doing The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension. 
One, amazing <laughs> title. Best title, one of the best yeah. titles in movie history. Secondly, it's got everything under the sun and it's ridiculous. Like it's got Peter Weller, a.k.a. Uh, Robocop before he was Robocop. Jeff Goldblum in the movie dressed entirely in a cowboy outfit for no other reason other than that he just looks good in a cowboy outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's rock, like uh, Peter Weller is a karate expert. He is a rock star. He is a scientist. He is a top surgeon. He has dis- he discovers interdimensional travel and he's off to fight weird ass space aliens. And it is just solid gold. It is purely a cult film and so we're wanting that to go if other film if this one goes well we're hoping to do others every two months so we ha- oh, we have okay. ideas i i want to do every two months we want to do a cult film club screaming every two months and we want we're doing things like we want to have goodie bags we want prizes we want people to dress up you know that kind of vibe we want it to feel more like a party but you end up watching this weird movie but everyone's involved like a community mm. vibe if that turns out well we have others i have a list of movies i want to do uh, I want to do Scott Pilgrim versus the world, for example, which is just an amazing movie to watch, but it's mm. a weird one because it failed miserably in the cinemas, uh, but it oh, became right. a cult following in DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, we want to do Jennifer's body, for example, which is just yeah, solid yeah. gold. Uh, but it's also a movie that was deemed not very good in cinemas and didn't do very well properly. But then we also do other weirder movies like Bubba Hotep, which is a great movie. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's Bruce Campbell playing an old Elvis. Like, how would you not want to see this? It's solid gold. So we're hoping that that's the vibe we're going for. We're going to do this. The every vibe it seems you're going for is solid gold. Just if anything isn't solid gold, then please yeah. step away. Uh, yes. Sounds amazing. Though. Every two months as well. That'd be spectacular. Yeah. We wanted to do that, and then other things as well. I've been in talks as well to other things as well. Like I have a in Nottingham, there is the Nottingham Bad Film Club, which I am hoping to also be working on a podcast with them. But also, they do something with Andy's Burger Shack, and so we're also hoping to doing events with Andy's Burger Shack as well. So we're hoping we're we're hoping to do a bit of a weird, like I've moved away almost to become like this weird events, like create like distributing creator, and I kind of. I kind of love that. It's a different great, yeah. angle. So it's a different angle, but I guess you're still doing something that you really love and, and mm. still ch- still talking about films that are a little bit left of field and and you know a little bit crazy. Exactly. Exactly. Which is Just great. Giving 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 a platform for films that uh, particularly would never get a shine properly unless mm. you like because um, there's some films out there that don't get get the opportunity. Like yeah, I said for example, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. And for us, we say, why is no, like, we know this is the best movie ever made. Like, we know that. But there are a whole bunch of people who never saw it on the big screen. Loads of people never saw it on the big screen. There are people nowadays, younger people, who've never heard of this. And you'd be like, okay, well, here you go. Or people who might miss the boat. Let's give them a chance. And that's the kind of vibe I want from these screenings. Yeah. So, And it's always great to see a film like that on the big screen. Even if you're, you know, you might be a fan of it already. Great to see it mm. on the big screen either again or for the first time. That's a yeah. That sounds great, man. Sounds but just imagine as well, like it involved, like it had you. Ha- you get a goodie bag, you get prizes. You 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 might get encouraged to dress up, for example, or there's a drinking game that comes with it. It's the full communal thing, and that's yeah. what I feel like is especially mm-hmm. since after lockdown, being almost like a year and a half to two years of just feeling very nervous about going to cinema. 
you want the thing going, come on, let's everyone gather around, let's laugh, let's enjoy it, let's scream, let's shout out the words, let's really enjoy the, the screening mm. in that way and feel like a community. So, yeah. Sounds amazing, man. Mm. Uh, so really does sound good, really does sound fun. Yeah. Um, And that's January the 14th, isn't it? That January the 14th. Banza. Yes. Amazing. Um, Awesome. So, I guess we'll jump into some horror news then. Um, Go on. Before we, before we continue. Um, a couple of trailers this week. Mm. First of all, Scream Six. Have you seen oh. this trailer? Yes, oh. I have. Oh, hello. The way you okay. say that makes me think you've got opinions. I genuinely think it is one of the one of the re- one of the better teaser trailers I've ever seen. It is yeah. stu- It's crafted so well, and I mean, I've talked with Ed, um, you know, my co-host on uh, on like on the podcast, but also with Enigmatic Productions. Uh, we talked about Scream. We did a whole video on Scream, and mm. I felt very deflated by Scream Five. Like I didn't like yeah. it as much as most people did. I think I'm I, the, I think I'm with you on that. Yeah, like I didn't like it as much uh, at all. I think I think the ending of that felt very flat. But with this trailer, the, I think the one the good thing is we moved away from like America suburbia. We're now mm. going into New York City, and it's yeah, and that's gonna instantly spice things up more. And I'm so I think excited. Take any slasher and put them in New York, and immediately it, it elevates it to this next level. You know, obviously with 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 Friday the Thirteenth, it did it. Um, yeah, Jason takes yeah. Manhattan. Jason um, takes Manhattan, of course. Yeah, um, and there's loads of Easter eggs in the trailer as well. Um, yeah, and uh, this is the thing: if it takes place in new york and on halloween night that is tasty that's so good because that's the thing is then everyone's in costume everyone's involved it's a big party everyone's going out of the thing you have no idea who it could be you're adding more to the whodunit which works better because in scream five you know the whole point it's kind of like a weird who it's basically screams always like a whodunit right we we want to know who did this who is the guy right and in in the fifth one, I I instantly sussed it out in the first fifteen minutes, and that kind of ruined it for me. Um, oh. It's like ah, oh, it's you guys, isn't it? Because you're so obvious, like it's too obvious. Yeah. So in this one, if if they really make it like a big question mark, yeah, excellent. Yeah. I know what you mean, it, but but then I felt like obviously Scream has been very meta for like the mm. whole duration of the franchise. Almost, yeah. you know, when something's so meta that. It, it almost takes it one step too far. It takes it over. I felt like Scream 5 took it a step too far. It was almost like every time anybody was in a scene, it was it was like a wink to the camera going, might be this person, might be mm-hmm. that person. You know, it could be this person. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. I feel I feel like I enjoy the meta element of it and the whodunit element, but I kind of yeah. like trying to work it out myself. And yes. it did feel a bit heavy-handed in terms of that. Um, I think also... Absolutely no disrespect to any of the legacy characters, but I think having next to none, I mean, maybe none, but probably next to none legacy characters in this new version in Scream 6 is probably going to help the film a lot. Yes, yes. The fact that it had those legacy characters, it kind of fills the need because then at least it'll step away from the fact that Ghostface and the character of Ghostface, whoever's Ghostface, is obsessed with Sidney Prescott. At yeah. least now it's like, okay. Did, these these people survived a killer as well, so they're 
just as easy, easily targeted as as Sydney Prescott. And here's the thing as well that makes it more interesting is why it's also costume and Halloween, which is why I'm so excited, is because obviously you have the stab franchise in the Scream yes. universe. And so Ghostface is already technically a character as a costume. Yeah. So it just makes it even more meta at this point because how many times have you gone to Halloween and how many people have dressed up as Ghostface yeah. when you went out on Halloween? This is the same vibe. Well, and so I'm so excited. The opening opening scene in Scream Two as well, the cinema. Mm. Everybody everybody dressed as Ghostface. Then um, I'm just look, really looking forward to. It. Obviously, Jenna Ortega has been has been growing in popularity yeah, because of Wednesday as well. So the fact that she's involved, and I believe also Samara Weaving is in it too. Yes, and possibly um, Hayden Panettiere is returning. Um, possibly, I think I saw a screenshot which was supposed to be saying. I don't think in Scream Four it was never 100 percent clear that she died or not. Um, so is that their version of a legacy character, which is interesting? Exactly, exactly. A, a, their version of a legacy character from the fourth installment of a movie as well. Yeah, and I'm there glad that they've got. I'm glad that they've straight up gone and called it Scream Six because I was worried after Scream was just called Scream. Scream Five was called Scream Five. Yeah. Cream. Um, awful. <laughs> so I bad. was wor- I was worried that they were going to somehow try and call this film Scream Two, which I've kind of heard, I've I'd kind of heard rumors about, but you know. There we go. It's called Scream Six, and I can't believe I never saw it before. The M very easily turns into a into a Roman numeral six. There you go. It's all with, clever. It's all clever with a little slash as well. You know, as soon as that logo pops up and it gets slashed by a metaphorical knife and becomes Scream Six, I was like, hell yes, I'm I'm involved. And it's kind of it's crazy off. that we're we're getting it in March next year, which is surprisingly quick, months. incredibly quick, which makes me think, you know. As soon as the success of the last one happened, they were like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's make it. Yeah, Which I mean, is, there was um, a lot of new. I mean, there was a lot of news of them going into six and all the legacy characters are not sure where they want to come back and all that kind of stuff. So they kind of just the moment it almost is almost they knew they had a like they had something here and they just ran with it which is great. Yeah. I mean if you got if you have an idea and you want to go for it go for it. And so yeah, I'm I'm genuinely excited for this just from the trailer alone. It's very rare because I am I have been disappointed by trailers. Mm. Like I have genuinely been disappointed by watching the movie after this really awesome trailer going god it's not like that but this has got me pumped. Yeah. I think just teaser trailers from now on. If we can have as t- teaser trailers to give away as little as possible and that's it. Don't yeah. give us a story trailer or a fourth trailer or a mm-hmm. tv spot or anything like that yeah um so also talking of trailers there was also not, kind of not necessarily a horror movie probably more of an action film but it's got dinosaurs in it so let's say horror um don't know if you also saw the trailer for the movie 65 which is it stars adam driver and it's like a mm. past meets future high concept dinosaur horror movie um, looks like some space pilot dude crash lands on a, a, a strange alien planet. It's and un- un- yeah, and then it turns out obviously it's Earth, but sixty five million years ago. Um, and there is a really good like dinosaur reveal shot in this trailer mm. as well, like really good because any and every movie like this is just going to be like, oh, this Jurassic Park, oh, this, yeah, same old stuff. But it kind of made me think, is this the closest we're going to get to like a Dino Crisis game? I was quite uh, uh, literally movie, just movie, thinking sorry. that. Not game, movie. Um, you were literally, I literally was thinking that when you described it, going like, because I haven't seen it. And I was going like, 
Sounds like Dino Crisis. Like it sounds like it sounds like a weird mix of Dino Crisis three leading into the first Dino Crisis on the island. It sounds like yeah, it sounds like Dino Crisis meets like Planet of the Apes. You know, like yes. spaceman crash lands uh, in the past yeah. uh, or, or or you know extreme future, um, and he's back on Earth. It kind of mm. sounds like that, and they've thrown in as well, which is like one of the most popular tropes currently, which is man is protecting child. You know, we've we've got it with man. We've got it with the Mandalorian. We've got it with yeah. the Last of Us. Um, well, so we got it with recently loads of stuff. Um, where man mm. protects child. Like the only survivor of this crash is him and this a young child. girl. Yeah, and a child. He's like bloody hell. You know what dinosaurs are about? I'll protect you. Don't worry about it. Um, and also it looks like some really good like sci-fi kit as well. Like some of the yeah. rifle he's using looks really cool. Mm. Um. I'm excited for it. And I heard a lot of people say, oh, we need like a dinosaur horror movie. Um, and while this isn't exactly that, mm. it seems to be hitting a lot of the correct beats in terms of genre that makes yeah. it kind of feel like that. It's always weird when people say like, we need a dinosaur horror movie when the first Jurassic Park existed. Because the first Jurassic Park yeah. acts like a horror movie. You've got, it's a monster movie. You've got the T-Rex coming in acts like a slasher 100%. killer where's the goat um the raptors are hiding around and literally stalking prey and attacking them yeah. clever girl it's it's a horror movie really and, it, and it, a lot of it takes place at night while it's raining as well which is like the perfect time yeah so people are asking where's my dinosaur horror movie sit back and watch jurassic park again just because it's a yeah. pg and not that bloody doesn't oh, mean man. it's not actually a horror movie. It's acting it so me. Samuel Jackson's severed arm. Yes, like you know, <laughs> it's terrifying. Like, 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 even now, like that still gets me in a weird way. You see, like, I say, oh, there he, oh, he's fine. Ah, oh, that's what I know it. But it's like, oh god, that's oh, gross. That's actually gross. Mr. Arnold, Mr. Arnold, oh, that's your arm. Yeah, uh, there you go. Also, the TV, sh- the Cartoon Network or Adult Swim um, animated show Primal exists yes. as well. Yeah, uh, and that's which, really good. Which is great, and you know, that is the most extreme... In That, in any other format, is horror. So, mm. there's like a zombie dinosaur episode. So, I think if you if you want your dinosaur horror, go and check that out as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, 65 looks great. I'd say, rec- I'd say watch the trailer, because I feel like it doesn't give mm. away loads. Initially, people were saying, oh, I wish the reveal of dinosaurs was a bit more obvious. Literally on the poster is a dinosaur skull, so... Like it's like on, yeah, man. it's like it's so yeah. It sounds like to me like it. it, it I think people are, are thinking too much on what it is, should be. You know what I mean? I feel like this is it's going to be fun sci-fi schlock. I'm happy for it. Like it's not, and and you know what? It's yeah. fine. Like I think I, I, I'm I'm excited I, by the sound of things. I'm, it's a, it's going to be quite a fun little sci-fi romp. So I'm good for I it. Think, yeah, I think some of the writers of A Quiet Place are involved, and apparently mm. Sam Raimi is like a producer. Don't really know what that means these days, but uh, still. It look it looks great. Um yeah. another piece of news, and I thought I'd bring this up with you because this might this might be a film that you're a fan of. Uh, Go on. A, I'm gonna say as a fan of bad films, but I think this film's pretty good if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um the the movie The Keep. You yes. remember that? You know, you know I the remember keep the keep with, with, with the Nazis and the and the pyramid and the Yeah, I remember the keep. Yeah, well apparently there's gonna be a new adaptation from Greg Nicotero. Um, so essentially a remake of it. It is a book as well, and I didn't realize that. But the hmm. Paramount's 1983 movie adaptation, The Keep, was apparently marred by studio interference and ended up being a bomb at the box office. Yes, um, it was. Yeah. So I remember seeing it. Oh, I'm looking at it. I didn't know it was a book. I'm going to have to find this book because it looks like one of those <laughs> one of those 80s paperbacks 
um, with all like the embossed lettering. It just looks spectacular. So I'm definitely going to awesome. find this and read this. Um, so yeah, it's like an elite SS extermination squad dispatched to solve a problem in a small castle in the Transylvanian Alps. They yeah. find something that's both powerful and terrifying. Um, can't really elaborate on it further without spoiling Spoilers. anything. But that this is, I think, this is a perfect example of a film that should be remade because mm. not only not only did it bomb at the box office, but I think it's got probably a bit of a cult following. But it's not one of those films that I think gets talked about very often at all. Yeah. So yeah, give us a remake, something like this. This is the thing, like remakes. Yeah, what you if you're going to do a remake, you need you need to find a movie that has a really good idea or really good premise, but did not do well because of lack of budget or interference or just didn't do well. And The Keep is a good example of this. Like, this is definitely one that you can go like, yeah, this is great, great idea. Let's do that. Because there have been other movies about, it's been loads of movies, oddly enough, about military going into something related to Nazis and then there is a magical thing or zombies or something. Like, there's loads of these kind of things. Like, what was, what was that one? Is it out? What was it? Um... What was it? Uh, Outlawed? No, I can't remember what it's called. Um, Warlord? No, no. What was the other one? It's something like Overlord. that. Overlord. That's the one. Overlord. Like, that's another one, basically, isn't it? It's the same kind of thing. Oh, don't mess mm. with Nazis. They have weird magical science stuff. Um, so that trope isn't an old trope. <laughs> exactly but that. No. It is, but it's not an old trope. But, no. you know, if you want to, if you, you, it's the reason why it's done before, like this multiple times because it works. So why not go back to the one that kind of really had the opportunity to do really well based on an actual book and just make it better? So, yeah, Nazis getting their comeuppance. Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of makes you think. Well, now be careful, don't open that ark. It'll melt your face. Oh no, <laughs> my face has been melted. Um, it's it's so funny when you really think about the movie because the whole point is the movie would be the movie would still end the same if Indy if Indiana Jones did not participate in it, which is yeah, absolutely hilarious. Exactly, yeah. Just close your eyes, Indy. Just close your eyes. And it's, he said uh, they go like, if so, if you did nothing, they would have died anyway. Super. <laughs> think about all the effort you went through just to participate, essentially, and, and stand by as all the Nazis got their faces melted to mush. Great, still yeah. a great effect though. Still one of the best visual effects oh, of, yeah. of, of the faces melting. Generally terrifying as well. Okay, mm. and last piece of news I got here is that the Five Nights at Freddy movie has cast Matthew Lillard. Okay, uh, which is pretty exciting. Josh Hutcherson as well. Like I kind of do recognize. Apparently, he's in some stuff. I mean, if you Google him, you'll recognize his face. He's, he's a yeah. younger, a younger lad. Uh, but Matthew Lillard, of course, yes. So obviously, interesting ghost. Scream, uh, you know, a big horror guy and appearing in another horror, um, obviously, mm. an adaptation of an incredibly popular game as well. So, yes, this so... could be could be fun. I know we've already seen the Nicolas Cage, um, Willie's, what's it called? Uh, Willie's Wonderland. Willie's Wonderland. I went to say that then, but I was like, that's that's wrong, but no, it is, no, it Wonderland, totally is. It's Willie's Wonderland. Um, I wasn't a big fan of that. I felt mm. it felt like the only reason why people ever watched it was because of Nicolas Cage. But even then, Nicolas Cage wasn't as crazy as he was because he was mute mostly, pretty much the entire time, other than grunting yeah. and playing pinball. And you're like, sure, okay. If you want a good, um, if you want a good but slightly satirical, like the Five Nights at Freddy's like movie, you should watch the Banana Splits movie. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, we've mentioned that on the show a couple of times. I've never I seen love... that. Andy has. I love it. That to me is like, okay, we got the yeah. stupid ass premise of like, you know, killer animatronic, 
you know, whatever's cool. But now we do with the banana splits, which I remember watching as a as as, as a kid on reruns on Cartoon Network or something. And yeah. then like I'm thinking, what, like, what, what is these weird 60s nonsense? And it's also just the weird cynical brain of going, right, these are these this is an IP that barely anyone of our barely anyone will remember the banana splits. Let's make it absolutely terrifying and weird. And what so, what I like though is for the people who do remember the banana splits going into that movie expecting something completely different. Yeah, I'm just imagining like someone in their fifties or sixties going, "Oh, I remember the banana splits back in the day." You sit there and you're just genuinely terrified, wide-eyed that they're literally slaughtering children. I still, every now and then, I think about that film and I think. Did that happen, or did, did did I imagine that that happened? It did feel like a fever dream. That's not a lie. <laughs> what kind of makes it even weird? I'm looking here, even weirder. The music by Patrick Stump, the the front man of Fallout Boy. Yes, it is. What's going on? It's a fever dream. It's a, it's fever, a dream. fever dream. How does anyone get home for this? But yeah, I think that's a great recommendation. Check that out instead of Willy's yeah. Wonderland. But. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so so my yeah. question then is actually then, do you think the Five Nights at Freddy's film is going to be any good? I mean, to be fair, I've not really been following much about it apart from the fact it's being made. So, mm. I don't know. They need to do something a little bit different because w- Willy's Wonderland is essentially the plot of Five Nights at Freddy's, right? Which is like just yeah, there uh, yeah to a degree yeah. But the thing is with Five Nights at Freddy's is, and I'm not doing it because it's like it's 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 a it's a scary deep dive once you get into the law. Once you get into the law of Five okay, Nights at okay. Freddy's, and you're going like. This is actually nonsense. Like, there's people who do nearly entire YouTube careers breaking down the the so-called law of Five Nights at Freddy's, right? That's yeah. how insane it's gotten. So does it mean now this has to be a movie with all the insane fan lore? Because if that's the case, then, then this movie's going to be absolutely bonkers. And also, like, why? Because you've made something very simple, like killer animatronic robots, you know, kill someone, you know, in who's a security guard in a place yeah. overnight. And turn into like, oh, the secretly ghost children, and there is a killer on a thing, and they also may be in an animatronic body, but also they may have also been a scientist that brought back people from the dead, and there's zombies, and there's this thing, and then there's that thing, and then your brain melts, and then you realize why did I spend three hours reading this nonsense? <laughs> so it has three two hours. things. Three <laughs> just three hours rather than just like it's ridiculous. So I it, it's either gonna be absolutely nothing to do with anything else other than just like the Williams Wonderland thing or it's yeah. going to have this insane amount of lore that is going to completely alienate most people yeah I think it yeah I think it will because a lot of kids mm. play Five Nights at Freddy's just for the fact it's got jump scares right and so they're not going to yeah. be interested in all of the lore and I'm assuming it's going to be like a R-rated well maybe not R but you know it's going to be it's, it's not going to be it's a weird it's a weird thing. Like it's aimed like the people who play it or people who are very into the law, because you can go and buy toys for ten year olds for Five Nights at Freddy's, yeah. which is a very weird thing. Yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 bizarre. I do not know how this movie's ever gonna work, basically. Yeah, it sounds pretty nuts. But you know, I'm sure yeah. when it's out, uh when we see some trailers for it, um we'll yeah. know a little bit more. So yeah. Um that's all I've got for horror news. I guess we'll now we'll talk about what we've been watching. Yes. Um, have you watched any, have you seen anything this week it doesn't have to just be festive themed it can be mm. i guess it could be anything anything that you'd like to recommend or not recommend of course well a couple of things i've been watching well a few well it's about two weeks ago i have watched violent night 
So um, I know, I know, Ben, you've been wanting to watch it. So I'm not going to ruin it by doing like an in-depth review of it. But I saw Violent Night, and it's all right. I think the best way I can describe it, it's all right. Um, David Harbour is amazing as Santa. Mm. Absolute. He's, he's. You can see he's having the best Never time. Night. Never he's, he's He's having so much fun as Santa, and it's a weird Santa because the Santa has a very bizarre backstory that's really awesome, and. And the deaths are genuinely some of them are quite creative. Although it does feel like the only way they become the movie becomes funnier is that it has to top itself, and then yeah. the movie almost feels like in a weird pacing way, like okay, now we have to top it more and more and more and more and more in order mm. to be relevant. I see what you mean. The ending, though, I'm not going to ruin it, but the ending, though, the deaths that happen there are over the top, and you do laugh your ass off because going, ah, okay. oh, that's amazing, well done, thank you, Christmas <laughs> magic. So. <laughs> Um, and he's a, he actually is Santa as well. He's not like a man. No, like... he he is genuinely Saint Nick. He is Miss. He is Father Christmas. He is Santa Claus. He is all this oh. and more. Chris Kringle. Chris Kringle. He Chris goes by Kringle. a man of many names. <laughs> he goes by a man. He's he's a man of many names. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've only seen the trailer, so I kind of mm. thought it looks great. I saw the trailer in the cinema as well, so I was like, okay, yeah. I'm sold. I'm sold on that. Um, yeah, I would like to see it because I feel like. If I don't see it before Christmas, I may not be as, as into it after Christmas. Once all the, this, the yeah. festivities die down a little bit, you know, and uh, I take my little t- take my little Christmas paper crown off and say, you know, let's set that set that aside for next year. That's yeah, right. I, I wear can... the I wear the same one every year. <laughs> Just the one you saved for many years. Just Since the beginning, yeah. So have a have a have a cracker. You got to be uh... ever so careful with it. It's like uh, it's like an ancient Egyptian like the parchment. <laughs> place it on your head careful it'll turn to dust um uh, yeah so yeah what, what what else did you say you've seen this um week? i've also been catching up and finally saw all of wednesday now so i'm very happy with that i've been oh. really wanting to watch wednesday uh because i've always been a big fan of the of the of the of the of the, of the two movies starring like you know raul julia and all that kind of stuff mm. i've loved them and so I've been, I was kind of slightly hesitant. And here's a weird thing. I'm not sure if it's just you as well, like me or just anyone else or you as well. But it's like, when I was little, I always thought that the two Adams Family films were Tim Burton because they felt Tim Burton-esque. But they weren't. Yeah. They, were, they, were the, they were done by the guy who did Men in Black. So mm. I'm like, huh, this is yeah. a new thing. It's so, weird that there's like that connection, isn't there, between yeah, the Adams I, Family and Adams Family Values. Um, what's his name? Barry Summit? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, some uh, like Sunfield or Sunfeld or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. he basically did the um, he did the Men in Black movies, yeah. and that, I just find it interesting because I think logically knowing Tim Burton's oeuvre, like his mm. is his thing, that um, he would um, it, it would instantly be like, oh, this is totally this is this is totally a movie done by him. So it's fascinating mm. seeing a TV show, like where he's finally doing the thing that we always thought he did and yeah. not only nailing it, but really getting out the kind of yeah. vibe that we always thought was anyway, and very well cast and seeing like, you know, have seen Catherine Zeta Jones again, just killing it as Morticia Adams is spot yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, casting seems to be spot on. Yeah. I mean, I've not seen it yet. Um, yeah. But I, I would like to, it's one of those things that maybe I'll give it a chance over Christmas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the casting seems it seems to be the one thing that's like spot on, and mm. uh, it's captured the imagination of like lots of different generations as well. It seems, which is which is good to see. Yeah, um, it's it's good by that way because as well, like you know, I mean, I mean, again, General Taker, Kellen Wednesday, 
Um, and it's again, it's touching a few things the right way. It's almost having like that moment because obviously on TikTok and other places, the dance scene is literally blew the fudge up. Like it's blown up. It's the biggest thing right now. Yeah, there's that. That that's obviously a huge thing on there. And then I think people, there's a trend where you kind of make it look like you've got thing on your head. Yes, like running around on your head. Do that thing, and they help you do that. Yeah, and pretend to have that. Yeah, they do. It's it's it's, I mean, it's a thing now. You can't buy this stuff. I bet the marketing teams at Netflix are just like absolutely over the moon with this. But yeah, it does it does look great, and uh, I'm I'm keen to check out as well. Yeah. Yes. So cool. Uh, that's mostly what I've been watching, like in terms of films and TV at the moment. Um, I'm kind of just been, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like a little bit of a lull at the moment. I'm kind of waiting for some of the things to watch properly once I'm home. When I when I fly yeah. home for Christmas and some movies like that, because I'm going to be seeing Avatar: The Way of Water when I'm back at home, which I'm not sure how I feel about. I'm not sure whether yeah. I'm genuinely excited for it or I'm dreading it. I mean, there's a weird sort of lull mode because. Yeah. Um, I think just sit back and just uh, enjoy the nice things you'll see. Who cares literally about, just wash over me like the, the plot, water. Yeah. Like yeah. The water, yeah. I'm probably going to see it this week as well. Um, yeah. I think it's one of those things that I need, I need to see it in the cinema. I don't really want to wait um, until yeah. it's out on other media just because you know, I want to see it on the biggest screen possible. Yeah. Um, I, I saw something recently which was like James, the list of James Cameron's movies and like how regularly he released movies. The gap between Avatar and this one is astronomical like yeah. in terms of in terms of his career at least it's almost like what the hell is going on yeah i mean the only movie he's done in between that but wasn't officially directed by him because he wrote the script and produced it was elite battle angel because oh, yeah, he was course. he wrote the script and produced yeah, yeah, it and then yeah. gave it to rob rodriguez yeah. because he was too busy with avatar which drove me bananas cuz too like, busy with avatar 19 sequels for avatar <laughs> You know, he's you know he's already filmed like the other two, and there's a fifth one. And I'm going for God's sake, this is this literally this is the end of your career now. This is you just you're just doing Avatar movies now, which yeah. is somewhat upsetting if you really think about again. It is somewhat upsetting, but ugh, I don't know. It depends. This this next film's really gonna have to pull out all the stops to make me go. I want to see three more of these. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see three you. three more three hour three D like- movies release like every year pretty much i don't know whether it's every year every two years i have no idea but i did, I think... I did enjoy it when like a lord of, a lord of the rings movie came out every december that was peak cinema peak that cinema peak cinema was whenever there was a big blockbuster guaranteed to come out every december and it was yeah. all part of the same thing oh it did feel good when that happened um i just don't think avatar is going to be that yeah i know i know it doesn't quite feel like it's going to be does it but you know we live in hope mm. um Okay, I've I've watched a couple of things this week. Go on. So, basically, based on based on recommendations from Andy over the last couple of weeks, as I've been a little bit unwell, I've not even been well enough to kind of watch movies, which is kind of un- very very unlike me. Usually That's I shocking. Like stick all the movies in my eyes, but you know, I haven't been doing it. However, one day when I was feeling particularly ropey, I decided to stick on the Ginger Dead Man, Gary Busey. Uh- <laughs> So and I've never seen it. Andy watched it a couple of weeks ago and kind of Amazing. said, "You gotta watch. This. Come on, you gotta watch this." So one Cut thing it made me think of this. So what Arnold Schwarzenegger did for ice puns in Batman and Robin, yes. Gary Busey does for baked goods slash <laughs> sweet treat puns in this. The puns, the puns are so prevalent that sometimes I'm like, "What does that even mean?" It's just a pun. <laughs> a pun is put in place of a piece of dialogue for no 
damn reason. There's a part where someone just goes, because the Candyman can. And I'm like, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's just like, (laughs) in context of the rest of the conversation, it meant nothing. Um, I mean, this film is trash. Let's be honest. Um, It is pure trash. It's pure trash. And and totally watchable trash, you know, because Gary Busey, uh, chewing the scenery. I like the fact that they've given the ginger dead man the same teeth as Gary Busey. Um, so essentially, it's like the, it's like the same sort of um, concept as Chucky. Uh, as Child's Play, sorry. Yeah. Because it's gone, here's a killer, he's died, and now he's in a tiny little diminutive um, baked good. Body. But this one, now he's a baked good. Now he's, now he's a ginger dead man. I'm just having. I'm just imagining the thought that if it wasn't, if there wasn't, if there weren't any gingerbread men around, like what would he have gone into? Would he have gone into a croissant? Would he have gone into a loaf of bread? <laughs> Where would he have gone that time round if it wasn't a gingerbread man waiting for him to be possessed? Gone, into? Just kill me! I'm in a wholemeal loaf. Just kill me! <laughs> yeah, because oh if God. he didn't turn into something with arms and legs, like he wouldn't be able to do anything. No, it would have been like somewhat weirdly sentient, like. It would be like the game I Am Bread, where you're literally a sentient piece of yeah. toast. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've seen that. It is awful. It's the only thing that's saving is the fact there's such a bizarre performance and the fact that it is knowingly stupid. I think there's some movies that, look, a good bad movie means that it's being sincere and thinks that the movie is like peak genius. But you also have the other end where the movie knows that it's flipping dumb. Like it knows it's stupid. So... they run with it and I'm glad it runs with it because if it didn't run with it and trying to make this as sincere and as serious as possible I think would have hated even more so because it just it 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 can't take it seriously in any shape or form and and also Gary Busey's just you know he's literally eating the furniture in every shape and form so I'm just most definitely I I don't understand anything about this film I don't understand what the what the purpose of anybody is yes uh, and what the end goal of the dead man is either apart from there's, just... no, there's no motive there's no motive for this it's just it's just it's literally the idea of these kind of films is someone thought of the title first ginger dead yeah. man and said yeah. aha we have a movie right around that please I mean, what, should this mo- that. what should this movie be about and then they had the concept and the plot within the next two minutes and they went right there again i said there we go um, hire gary Busey. he's <laughs> the only one available um, um and continuing with festive frights i did also watch christmas bloody christmas which is on Shudder, the Joe Bagos movie, which Andy did mention last week when he was chatting with Holly about Salem's Lot. Um, So I think I've seen all or maybe two other major releases from Joe Bagos, which is Mm. um, he directed a film called Bliss and also VFW. That's the only other movies I've seen. Um, I thought this film is, so in terms of a concept, robotic Santa Claus goes haywire and begins a rampant killing spree through a small town. So Futurama. Um, so essentially Futurama. It's uh, it's <laughs> neon soaked, which yeah. is interesting for a Christmas themed movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's not very festive at all. It's one of those like dirty, dingy, um, grimy. I don't know many more times I can say words that sound the same. <laughs> sound the same. Or the same thing. But it's yeah. like that sort of film. The only thing that kind of didn't resonate with me, and I feel like I had the same problem with the movie Bliss, is that the characters are like douchebags. Like every character mm. is an abysmal douchebag where you're just like, I don't really have any interest in anyone surviving. Everybody yeah. kind of talks like this um, sort of like ultra cool or somebody's idea of an ultra cool 
hipster, like in terms of what music they listen to, in terms of what films they enjoy. Yeah. In such a cynical, aggressive, sweary way where Mm. I'm like, if I knew any of these people in real life, I would just go, I'm not friends with you guys. See you later. Um, So it kind of felt like that. And to be fair, I was just waiting for the Robo Santa action to begin. Mm. When the Robo Santa action begins, I had a great time. Yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? It was everything leading up to that that kind of made me feel like, okay, okay, I get it, I get it, but come on, uh, I felt a bit, I felt a bit like that with Bliss VFW, um, which mm. I enjoyed enjoyed a lot more. Yeah, um, I've seen that one. V- you've seen VFW, I think. Also, yep. obviously, it's got Stephen Lang and a lot of other veteran mm. actors. I feel like the acting caliber is a lot better than perhaps yeah. those the other two films. So I think that's perhaps mm. why I enjoyed it a bit more. Yeah. Um, that's not to, and you know, maybe it's not the acting, the actor's fault. Maybe it's a script, script thing a little bit. Who knows? But what mm. I'm going to say is, in terms of visuals, in terms of action, in terms mm. of um, B movie frills, um, it's great. Nice. Um, and also, it's always good to add a new Christmas horror movie to your annual um, watch list as well, isn't it? For this time in- of year. Indeed, it's interesting how there's actually a surprising amount of. Christmassy, wintry horror movies. There's loads of them actually, but it's trying to find the good ones and filtering them out and finding which ones feel to your kind of idea of horror, which is good mm. because horror is a very subjective thing, I feel. And that, you know, whatever, everyone's scared of something. So every different interpretation is great. Uh, so if there's another one to add to the pile, even better. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, there's a new one in the pile, everybody. There's a new one in the pile. Take another one. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that so that that is pretty much all I've seen this week. Nice. Apart from apart from the film of the week, Johan. Which yes. is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes. Uh, and that film is a nineteen eighty-four American psychological slasher movie directed by Charles E. Sellier Jr., starring mm-hmm. Robert Brian Wilson, uh, Lillian Chauvin, Gilmer McCormick. Um, the story concerns a young man named Billy who suffers from post-traumatic stress over witnessing his parents' murder on Christmas Eve by a man disguised as Santa Claus and his subsequent upbringing in a Catholic orphanage. Yes. Um, yeah, and then obviously what happens after that, we'll get into that so much. Mm-hmm. So this film, in terms of ratings across the board, we've got 5.8 on IMDb, mm-hmm. 3.0 on Letterboxd, Mm-hmm. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 44% critic score, a 39% audience score. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got some choice reviews here. Um, Go on. So, Ian West says, Controversial, mean-spirited, murder jam, and a holiday injected with distastefulness right mm. up my alley. <laughs> Matt Winfield says, Hey, nuns, maybe the kid who watched his parents get butchered by Santa shouldn't be a part of Christmas arts and crafts, just saying. Yeah. Matt Winfield, five <laughs> stars, that is. Yeah. And then Brett says, hot slasher movie killers are always named Billy. Three, <laughs> three, three and a half stars. I can only think of one more. I can only think of the guy from Scream. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. Any other Billies? Uh, I think that's, I, I can't remember any other Billies, but that, I didn't. I never thought of that. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, it just reminds me of the scene later on when we were introduced to an 18-year-old Billy. It's really funny. Um, 18-year-old Billy is absolutely stacked um and as i think i mentioned before yeah he's got the ruddiest cheeks that any <laughs> any man has ever had he looks like he's um just got in from a very very cold night 
Um, and you know yep. he's been stomping home, and his cheeks are ever so ruddy, and maybe maybe like his grandmother's been pinching them. Uh, oh, Billy, you're ever so you've grown, you've grown so much since you were. Oh, he's oh he's so grown in comparison. How has he grown so much in an orphanage? Like I don't know. I mean, I don't know what a diet, your diet would be like if you grew up in an orphanage. Are they feeding him steak? Is he eating ribeye steak for every meal? The man has grown hilariously big. It is so good because the, the the it's only in that one bit. I'll say that now. My favorite bit is like, oh, you know, we we need to hire the boy. It's like saying we don't hire boys, we hire men. And then he just walks in. I like, oh, Billy's oh, here now. And turns oh, around and. Oh. And it's just like, oh, you're not a boy. You're actually a man. And it's just such a bizarre thing. You could uh, climb this. He's like a big tree of a man. You could climb this guy like a tree. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, Rope spurts. My God. Spurts all over. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I guess before we get into it, you said before you had maybe like a little, little bit of a little bit of trivia. Is it surrounding the controversial nature of, the, of this film? Yes. So um, the movie is widely controversial for the fact that it's basically mostly due to how it was advertised. Um, if anyone's seen the poster for this, it's a very famous poster of seeing uh, Santa Claus, you know, um, it's, it's basically a, ma- a Santa Claus coming out of a chimney, just the arm holding an axe. And I think the tagline was like, it's like, it's like, it's like, um, it's basically you, you, you like sort of like you thought Halloween was bad. Now try and survive Christmas, right? And it's, and it's that kind of thing, right? And so this basically, particularly on the TV spots and posts, really promoted the idea of the killers dressed as Santa Claus, right? Mm. Or the idea, or people misinterpreting the idea that the killer is Santa, right? And so things like, and then you've got things like the PTA and a whole bunch of people were starting to literally pick it outside of cinemas, playing this out, saying, Santa's not a murderer. Remove this from our screens. It's going to ruin Christmas for children, right? It was primarily like this. This is the thing, though. This isn't the first ever kind of movie that did this. There were other films before then that had killer Christmases like Black Christmas and also things like Christmas Evil was another one. There's a whole bunch of other movies. Christmas Evil, yeah, I was going to mention that. That came before this as well, didn't it? Exactly. But this one, I think it's because of them how it's marketed at saying like, hey, this is Santa doing the killing or this dress as Santa Claus, right, properly. The the Christmas Evil poster is like a a hand-drawn, like, lovely, cheery Santa Mm -hmm. with an axe in his hand and what could potentially be body parts in a bag or maybe not body parts. But, yeah, but it's, it's just as bad. It's just as bad, if not worse, because it shows Santa's face. At least with Silent Night, Deadly Night, it's just like an arm. But I think it's because that leads to be with a more suggestive, or more the idea that they were it was they they were, this was something that was being played a lot on television adverts during the time. Like there was a lot okay. of TV adverts for this, so a lot of episodes for unlike something like Christmas Evil that probably had its own underground following. This was appearing on TV. So parents ah, noticed this. I see, I see. And so that's where we got the picketing and so on and so forth and everything else. In response to this, basically, you had several things where things like TriStar Pictures, who were the original distributors before they had to pull out and do something else with it, removed all ads for it a week be- a week after like the a week after the release of the movie. So it's like we're not promoting this after this now. We're now having to remove all advertisements for this movie because people cause because it was causing so much controversy. Um and 
it, 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 oddly enough, it made even more so. There were people starting to, again, it's sort of a little bit like, you know, when the video nasties were coming out, people were sort of just getting it out of context. They haven't really watched it. They were yeah, just sort of, of course, sort of just saying, oh, it's this. And mm. so loads of people coming out with it. And also then people people doing negative reviews of the movie uh, at the time, people thinking like, again, it's cynical, is nasty and all that kind of stuff. So it became really controversial in that sense. However, obviously, when it came later on, um, later on, like in the UK, for example, it's UK had a very similar thing. They were unsure what to do with it. Uh, to the point that it never really got a certification from the BBFC for the longest time, and um, and and its sequel was denied it at around the time for video, so it never oh, really okay. actually had that. It was only and it was refused to make cuts to make it an eighteen. But here's the interesting thing: apparently, um, Arrow Video actually submitted the film for classification again, and finally they were able to get it as an eighteen. So thank Arrow Video for having this officially pulled as an eighteen. But there have been edits ever since then for. To play this movie now, there mm. is a R-rated version and there is an unrated version. I think the one I saw uh, recently again, which I saw on Amazon Prime, was the unrated version. Because you can tell, because there's some grainy, really grainy footage in between yes. some of the really sharp yes. footage. I watched it on Amazon Prime as well. And I'm so glad you say that because I, for, for the longest time, was like, have I pressed something and changed the changed the sentence? But no, no that, like... that's, the, that's the unrated version. So that's obviously the only shots that they've got of those particular parts, I guess. So basically it goes from being fairly high definition to suddenly these really grainy, almost like VHS quality yeah. um, shots, doesn't it? And it kind of bounces back and forth between it quite a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, and yeah, it goes back and forth to it to make it feel like the unrated version um, and so on and so forth. And that's the thing is like Anchor Bay also did this and, and Shout Factory also were able, found a lot of this uncut footage and try to put them in from the original negatives. But, only, but, oh, wow. but it was very unsuccessful to find the original negatives of these things. So it had to be from pirated forms. So, no way. yeah, it's really okay. interesting. So that's why Pir our version of it was kind of dirty. Basically, Pir pirating works in some <laughs> way for so you know. I mean, conservation, conservation. Oh wow, yeah, it did, it did kind of feel like that. Sort of, you were watching something that was that was a little bit wrong. You know, the fact they kept going back and forth between this and it was everything was kind of like cut up a little bit. I guess. Yeah. Wow, that's that's so, fascinating. That is, yeah. So that's the kind of thing. It led to now there isn't the, the one which is all clean was the R-rated cut. Everything else with extra bits and body parts and blood and guts, all the all the fun stuff basically is the one that's a bit rough around the edges. And because they can't mm. find the negatives, it's almost impossible to find a clean version of this movie um, in most places. Um, because they say like, right, we're going to do some circulation. We definitely need if, we, if this movie is going to be about, we need to cut things up in order to make it sustainable for other countries. So that's why you got the R-rated version. And then obviously yeah. now, when we get older, as movies get older, most of the time, unless it's genuinely like incredibly offensive, a lot of movies kind of just or the uncut version of most movies are now reaching at least an eighteen now, or even mm. a fifteen in some cases. So it's it, that's and that's what's fascinating about it. It's that it's like it's a uh, this this movie with controversial stuff, um, well, I wouldn't even call it that controversial. It's just misunderstood. But you know, <laughs> you had it started picketing. People started to see it, and there is a thing. People started being more curious about it because people saying it's offensive, it's awful, mm. it'll ruin Christmas. And if you're like 15 or 16, and someone says, "Don't watch this movie, it'll ruin Christmas," 
Of course, you're going to bloody go and have a check. Yeah, go and watch it. Yeah, exactly. If things are getting picketed, you're just like, oh my God, what's that? Getting picketed? I'm there. Get yes. me there. Not to do the picketing, but to walk past the picketers and say, come on. Yeah. Let's go and check this out. Yeah. All, I think pu- one... all publicity is good publicity, it would seem. Exactly. Uh, those, them's the rules. Them's um, the rules. <laughs> and it's weird because I wouldn't necessarily say this was particularly bad, but I guess for a 1984. Mm-hmm. You can kind of understand why, you know, Santa being thought of as this jolly, um, jolly fella. I was going to say of ruddy, ruddy red cheeks, but luckily Billy's got those ruddy red cheeks as well. No, I know naturally, natural. <laughs> He's a natural Santa Claus. Um, is it to do with like murdering nuns as well? Because I'm sure that could be frowned upon to a degree, but I think it's more the idea that half, literally at the halfway point, it's Santa Claus doing all these murders and it's ruined, and you know, and then and then not like. Well, you know, they're genuinely quite nasty and mean spirited to a degree. So I can imagine how some people are going, ah, yeah, that's a, yeah, no, thank you, mm. basically. Yeah, because also, like, there's definitely that those moments where you're like, is he going to kill a kid? It, it happens twice. He's like, he's, yeah. oh, he's, he's going to murder a child. And it's like, oh, no. He's, he's going to straight up kill a kid. And, mm. you know, in a way, it, I mean, it's a very like tragic film in a way, isn't it? Like it's, mm. it's it's easy to look at this film and think Santa Claus on a killing spree. Ha ha ha. Um, take that. Um, eat shit. Mm. Christmas is ruined. But it is a very like sad film because like a kid witnesses his parents get killed, which gives him PTSD um, and, a, and a, a, a adverse fear of Santa Claus. And he essentially becomes the very monster he has spent his whole life being terrified of. And mm. in a way, we, we have spoken on this podcast before about how films represent generational trauma, mm. but he like passes that trauma on to like other children. And I know, of course, this spawned sequels. I think there's four sequels, aren't there? Yes. Um, where I'm assu- I, and I haven't seen those, but I'm assuming that that's explored in a way because it even ends on a moment in this film where you're like, he's the next one. Um, very obviously yeah very obviously yeah but in a way it is a it's a sad film because i'm like this kid has spent his whole life Mm. growing up in an orphanage trying to get over this trauma and he's got himself a job and you know there's he's even got like a Mm. love interest and it just all comes crashing down like in one night and yeah he passes that trauma on to other children you see him as an as that same evil santa that he saw um Mm. And it's horrible, really. Like, it is a genuinely tragic film. I felt incredibly sorry for not just Billy, but also everyone else involved. It, I was like, oh, it's really horrible. And that's it. I agree to I agree to a point with that. The movie is very tragic. And it's it's literally like it's a villain origin story, right? This is quite mm. literally what it's a villain's origin story. Mm. Um, Especially with, probably for me, weirdly, the scariest scene in the whole movie isn't all the murder, is Grandpa. Oh, yeah, Grandpa. Yeah, it's terrifying, Grandpa. Grandpa's terrifying. The scene happens there when, you know, obviously you get a very young Billy going to see Grandpa, who for most people are not talking. He's not talking to them. He's like genuinely like, oh, he's going for Alzheimer's. He's not talking about them. Personally, I feel like he's basically sick and tired of his family and just doesn't want to talk to them. Yeah, <laughs> Which... he's like, get me, get me in a home. Get me in a mental institution because I'm sick to death of you lot going on at me every day. I just want to chill out. Yeah. You've got two kids running around my feet, you know. I just want to enjoy my retirement. And then give me a break. Yeah, it literally feels like it's a break because it's really funny because the moment everyone else leaves like Billy, it's like, oh, oh, he's oh, don't worry, it's fine. He won't do anything because he hasn't done anything in front of us. 
And then he just turns around, he smiles, and he winks. He's like back to normal. It's like, oh, great. And then he starts talking to him. He's like, Santa? You know, it's like, it's, 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 it's really funny. It's, like, it's, it's really bizarre. He looks at him going, Grandpa, you you don't talk. He's like, oh, I'm totally willing to talk to you and traumatize you by saying that uh, it's horrifying because he literally snaps at him almost in a weird way. So like, have you been a good boy? It's like, have you been a good boy all year? Uh-uh. Well, it you makes, better run, lot, boy. It makes a lot of this stuff incredibly sinister. It makes you realize how, how sinister these sort of things are, which is like, yeah. have you been a good boy all year? Otherwise, Santa won't come down the chimney if you're not a good boy. Uh, and nope. it's almost like gaslighting your kids into behaving all year so yeah. that they, whether they're going to get presents or not. And it's kind of putting a really sinister twist on that. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's not like, it's not like, oh, Santa's not going to drop down and give you presents. Like, Santa will punish you. And that is terrifying. Like, once a year, if you've been naughty just once, Santa will come down the chimney and punish you. And he will not tell you what the punishment is until, mm. you know, it, it, and the thing is, Santa's very vague about, you know, like, you know, Grandpa's very vague about this, saying like, oh, mm. he doesn't tell you how he's going to punish him. Until yeah. the scene afterwards, when they're all driving back, and you get mm. you get you get the whole like um robbery slash rapist slash murderer Santa. This guy's an absolute nut job, this Santa. Okay, right, okay. Mm. So before before we sort of dive headlong yeah. into into the plot, I'll just kind of mention yeah. that um so we got the cast is Robert Brian Wilson, it plays Billy mm. Chapman, age eighteen. There is also an eight year old and a five year old Billy Chapman. Yeah. Um and then there's his brother, Ricky. Like there's a Ricky. fourteen-year-old version of four-year-old because there's a ten-year jump, isn't there? Yes. Um, and then we've got Lily Shavin, M- Mother Superior, the Ugh. I guess you'd say evil e- nun. Evil um, nun. Gilmer McCormick is Sister Margaret. Nice nun. Nice nun. <laughs> and then there's yeah. like Britt Leach plays Mister Sims, who's the boss at this toy shop. There's mm. Pamela, um, and a few other like sort of minor characters. There's a policeman who comes into it later on as well. Yeah. Um, there's a poor uh Santa man, uh father, like a priest in a Santa outfit gets shot in the back, unlucky. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so yeah, what we obviously covered just now was that it starts off in 1971 and it's five-year-old Billy Chapman. They visited the nursing home. His apparently catatonic grandfather says all the stuff we've already discussed. Yeah. When they leave, but bearing in mind the quickest visit ever, right? Because it seems like they have to drive a fair way to get there. Seems like hours. Because Billy's like, are we there yet? And when they arrive, they I think they fill out some paperwork, which is like, you can keep him. You can keep him. Um, And then they leave straight away. It's like, Jesus Christ, sit, sit with him for a bit. I don't know. Um, <laughs> So yeah, the, the the whole traumatic event is that there's a criminal dressed in a Santa suit. He robs a liquor store for yes. thirty one dollars. Uh, yeah, and he literally says like thirty one dollars. What a jip! Like he's like he did this basically murdered someone for something very cheap. Yeah, I don't know if he would have killed the guy, but he did. Oh, well, I say that, but he kills <laughs> Billy's parents fairly straight up. I don't think he would have killed the guy, but the other guy's got a gun, isn't he? So he cannot just. Yeah shoots him um yeah. and yeah of course when they're driving home they see a, Sa- a lovely santa who looks he appears to be broken down at the side of the road santa's yeah. just waving like a jolly old jolly old fella and they go oh santa claus a stop but at this point now billy has kind of made the transition from being excited about santa to be terrified of santa to be immediately terrified about santa he's like no leave him alone he's a twat he's evil he's gonna punish me obviously 
Which is such a, it's a, a, a that's actually really weird and very kinky to say from a child. Say, like, oh, that guy's going to punish me. Jesus, please stop. The, wor- the word punishment becomes very, very prevalent in this film. A um, lot. Yeah, it's it's just crazy to think that like that interaction, that one sort of interaction he had with his grandfather, has obviously stayed with him for so long. It's cemented. I guess mm. just because of, because of what he witnesses, the terrible, terrible crime that he witnesses. Yeah, and um, and, he, and there's also the fact that the idea is that because because as a kid you're never really told what Santa is properly, like you say, like oh he's a man, da da da. You describe him as long as he's and, and you know as a kid you think oh white beard, red suit, instantly Santa Claus. Not like anyone could do this basically. So yeah. he also thinks this is what Santa is. Santa is this murderous maniac who punishes people. Mm. And he can get into your house. Uh, you come down your chimney. If you haven't got a chimney, he's got a magic key. To mm. let, him into, let him into anyone's house. And he, yeah, he'll yeah. fuck you up, apparently. Pretty much. Um, so this Santa is, isn't playing around because he doesn't even tr- keep up the the sort of game of, he just wants, to, he just wants someone to give him a lift. Because somebody says... Oh, do you just um the his mum sorry says oh do you need do you need a lift somewhere do you need help and he's like oh actually I'm just gonna fuck you all up. It's and awful. Pulls the it's... gun out. Yeah, it's terrifying because Billy like ducks down as well, which is pretty horrific. There's a baby as well. There's another thing. There's a yeah. baby. Baby Ricky. And the whole time during this, I was just like, won't somebody please think of the baby? Would somebody please think of the children? Somebody please think of the baby. I mean, luckily, <laughs> probably too young to. For the gen- for the trauma to kick in and turn him into a killer, at least mm. I started to think about. It. Yeah. Um. But yeah, tries to drive away. Criminal like shoots through the through the windscreen, kills the dad, and then in that moment is when Billy kind of like gets out of the car, mm. runs away, and sort of hides in some bushes. Yeah. Um. Not very good bushes either. Like really see through. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, but apparently that saved him still because instead of doing that, then goes to the mum instead, and it's kind of nasty with the mum. Pulls her, pulls her out, rips her top off, so there's boobs out. So that adds even more things to it. So now not only is Santa violent, he's also a sex pest, which makes yeah. it even more traumatic when you think and, about what happens later. And, and this is the thing that there's a lot of boobs in this film as well, and. I feel like the way sort of Billy sees nudity and sex, because obviously there's a moment later in in the orphanage as well where he kind of witnesses yeah. something. He sort of makes there's like a connection between that and the sort of Santa evil that yeah. really does mess with him. Mm. It, really it's does. yeah, it basically it ruins. I mean, there's a lot of things. We're gonna go to the next bit later, which I think is technically I feel like the the moment where the trauma really fucking kicks in. Um, but it is it 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 really ruined a lot of things that you know someone of that age and more will be exploring things such as you know relationships, sexuality, a holiday. It just ruins that kind of vibe for him um, because obviously mm. when that happens, the Santa say, "Where are you, you brat?" and then never yeah. finds him, fades off into the darkness, and then suddenly, years later, we're in the orphanage, and it's like, wow. Yeah. So yeah, so he, he so basically, mum and dad both dead. Um, yeah. Billy and Ricky survived. I was worried for a second what evil Santa was going to do to the baby, because mm. um, the baby the baby was crying quite loud, like baby baby Ricky. Um, yeah, and I thought the Santa was going to turn around, and I don't know, I didn't know what he was going. to Obviously, drive away, you know. Yeah, but was pretty horrific. Now, nah, but now it seems like it seems like this Santa won't do be that low. I guess, but Jesus, <laughs> yeah, maybe just awful. Yeah. 
It's pretty horrific. Um, and then the the, the t- first time jump. There's two t- time jumps. So the first time jump is yeah. three years. Mm-hmm. Takes us to 1974. Where, uh, Billy's eight. Ricky's four. Yes. Um, and it's Christmas in an orphanage, and then it's run by Mother Superior, who's like a very strict disciplinarian nun. Yes. Um, who beats children? There's a lot of belting, isn't there? Lot of belting, and not just and not just the kids as well. Just beats up anyone. Like she generally is a cap fan of capital punishment in that kind of like, you know, you you know, like you 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 disobey God, you get the rod. Basically, it's that <laughs> vibe. It's like a very catchy rhyme there. Put put that on a t shirt. But yeah, have um, you disobeyed God? Don't think get so. the rod. Get the rod. Oh for fuck's sake, not again. Not the rod. Oh. It's awful. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, so we get back to it. And one thing I've noticed already, something I've noticed which makes me kind of laugh a little bit because clearly they have to get three different actors to play Billy, is the haircuts change hilariously. So one, the first one is a bowl cut. This one mm-hmm. is literally a it's literally a mullet. I mean Billy here has a mullet. Nice. Uh, which is very distracting, me personally. But you know, Billy at this time is like, you know, he's he's quiet, he's reserving himself because he's, you know, he's still going through all that kind of stuff and he's just figuring out and it's still it's christmas time and it's mother superior's goal almost is to say like this him being tra- him being traumatized by christmas is a stupid thing despite her and all the other nuns knowing his history yeah. and like like knowing his history and mother superior going this is nonsense i can beat him i can beat him up enough to love christmas which is tough love you know and it yeah. always always works you know that's what i think when i'm scared of something i just think someone just beat me until i say no i'm actually all right with it um, just get I'm the rod fine. just get the rod just get the rod get the rod it's, it's pretty insane and it, the fact that she kind of talks about punishment as well yeah um is obviously it's just it's really struck a chord with him and the way he sees santa claus as is punishing him now he's yeah. being punished in this orphanage and not just that, but then he also does witness um, some sexy time between one of the nuns. It is one of the nuns, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of the nuns, and it seems to be like one of the other. Well, like probably like I think someone like and and their boyfriend that they never get to like properly introduce. But we, it's kind of it's the gardener, it's the gardener, it's the butler. No, it's it's something like that. And but, she got she got the rod as well, but it was oh, slightly different. she got the rod too. Well, two ways and one by certain things. Um, but uh, she totally got two ends of the rod. Where um, the thing two is, ends again, of it. Jesus, two ends of it, two ends of it. It's but, a double yeah, ender. <laughs> ass to ass. Sorry, it's a. If anyone got that joke, well done. But um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of like no, but honestly, it's, it, it, this scene actually again it shows how this movie has moments where it's trying to be quite clever and quite smart with it. Like when basically what's happening is is like Mother Superior tells Billy to go, and I think Billy's like go and do something quickly or you know do the thing, and then mm. here's some very obviously sexy noises walks down the hallway, and it's a really nice shot, very cleverly done with the light go the light going through the keyhole and lighting up his eye, and it's really cleverly yeah. shot, nice. Yeah. Um, but then seeing all these close ups of like just breasts and butts being grabbed and being fondled and, li- and lots of tongue action, um, before Mother Superior hearing this walking down, going, "What are you doing, Billy?" Opens the door, and you can hear her going, "God damn you! You've been burned in hell!" Closes the door and starts. I can't think of anything. Screaming. I can't think of anything that would that would make me lose the lose the mood or come out of the moment quicker. <laughs> the than screaming an angry nun. screaming nun just bursting in and going, A little kid saw that. <laughs> you bastard! 
Yeah, but ah! I'll still put it away. But, um, but it's the bit after that that really cements the idea of now linking sex as being naughty. Because yeah. the idea is saying, like, you know, Mother Superior goes and sees Billy's like, what did you what did you see? Nothing, Mother Superior. And says, like, do you know what you saw? I don't know what I saw. And then her idea is what they done was being very was being very naughty. Mm. And so they had to be punished for for being naughty, right? Yeah. So now, as an eight-year-old, also having trauma of Santa Claus, now as a trauma of sex, because thinking sex equals being naughty, despite it being yeah. whether it's, you know, being, even if it's sexually consensual, it's like, no, 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 you, you can't fall in love and do sexy times with someone. That's naughty. So yeah. Mother Superior fucked it up even more. This is where I feel like, yes, the Santa Claus bit was very traumatic, but this really cements it even more that, okay, now we're really obscuring his idea of what naughty is. And that mm. is going to really make it worse yeah. later on in the next time jump. And obviously there's that connection as well because the Santa like ripped the clothes off his mum as well. So he's seen that nudity and yes. violence sort of like that go hand in hand mm -hmm. and the fact that it's naughty and all the punishment stuff that's coming into it um yeah. and also he gets it completely wrong she goes what did you see and he says nothing um and then she goes there no, was it she goes what did you see nothing and yeah. then um what what you thought you saw was this and he sort of says oh no i don't know he yeah. basically he just talks himself around in circles um when he yeah. should have just gone didn't see anything no no comment no comment no comment. No comment. No comment, please. I did not. No I did comment, not see so... boobage. I did not see the boobage. Um, no. But and... yeah, and then leading up to this point, go to the next part, which is now saying like, okay, <laughs> it's now it's Christmas. It's it's it's. I think it's, it's whether it's Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, and all the kids are getting presents now. And you can also see like, obviously, you got the good nun, the nice nun, who is. It's it's the very stereotypical nice nun. It's like it's like you know it's it's like the Miss Honey in like Matilda nice that kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Oh, um, yeah, it's it's generally nice and saying like um and saying like basically the only voice of reason in this entire movie. The only voice of reason in this entire movie because everyone else has logic throws out the goddamn window. Says so like, yeah. do you think like? Do you think like being around things like Christmas and Santa Claus is not going to help him? He actually, she actually says at one point when it's all happening, so like, of course, of course, he'll be better after Christmas. He's always better after Christmas. It's always the month of December where he feels this way because of his trauma. Like it's almost like Mother Superior, are you this thick woman? Get it into your skull. It's this crazy, is she, she's she not just, helping. It's like a generational thing, I think, where she's obviously she's grown up. Um, yeah sort of raising kids in orphanage just exactly the same way this whole time um has no idea how to deal with anyone who's particularly got ptsd or trauma or anything like that yeah um which is strange and annoying for somebody who who like works not works in orphanage well we'll orphanage. work for children you know works so like children yeah so it's like it's all this is this is partly the reason why i both like this movie to a degree but also i feel like it i i really get angry at it it's a movie that it's a movie literally about trauma, but doesn't, and gives you sympathy for somebody to a degree, but also doesn't really show the pro the genuine process of someone generally going, for all you're hearing is seeing someone generally getting worse at it. And you're like, mm. if someone just walked in and just stopped this, anyone with any common sense would stop this this wouldn't happen but everyone well, maybe... here is an idiot or an <laughs> asshole and it's basically making everything worse 
I know obviously this is back in 1984 as well, but I'm sure there are some parallels to, to modern life as well. But yeah. sometimes people who are in these sort of positions aren't fully qualified or fully well-versed enough in certain yeah. things, or there's a stigma attached to yes. other other things where they can't, you know, mu- they kind of like muddle through these things and mismanage um, trauma, yeah. mis- mismanage trauma. So it is it's yeah. frustrating to see, especially when we see the way this film's going. Because, you know, we know the way the films, this film's going, whether we've yeah. seen it before or not, we know exactly what's going to happen. Mm. And it is kind of, it is kind of frustrating because how many, t- how often do you watch a movie and you've seen it dozens of times, but mm. there's a particular moment in it where things flip and go a different direction. And even yeah. though you've seen it, even though you've seen it dozens of times, part of you still wants it to work out differently. Yes. You know exactly what's happening, exactly what's coming. But part of you is like making, is kind of like bargaining with the movie where it's like, if only one person said this, or if only one person did that, we could have avoided all of this crap. A hundred percent. I think it's where my frustration lies with this movie. It's almost like a sense of like weird. It's like it's a cynical approach to this, or this misinformed version of trauma. Because after this, the next bit is like my mother superior say like, "Oh, by Christmas." I was like, "Oh, by the end of the day, Billy will sit on Santa's lap." You oh, trust yeah. me? This mother superior going, "You trust me here?" Like almost like she's like. The work is done. She, He's fine now. Santa obviously arrives. He is not going to sit on Santa's lap. He is terrified, punches the Santa in the nose and runs up. What a punch as well. What a punch. Good punch for an eight-year-old. Five Broke his nose, shuffle. mate. Bang. Wait, five knuckles off for something different. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, have you seen that viral video of that little kid? Let's like, say he's going to punch Santa's beard off. He's like, angry no, at I don't think I've seen tri- that. He's angry at Santa for being told he's a he's not a good boy. He's like, oh, punch his beard off. He's like a little cockney kid as well, so which makes it quite funny. <laughs> oh, Santa's not being very nice to me. I'll punch his beard off. It reminded me of that. I thought That's if brilliant. he would have just punched his beard off, then um, it would have been perfect. But bloodies his nose. Proper bloody his nose, like probably breaks it, which is which you know you know good 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 hook. But again, by the end of the, the that this leads up to the end of this time period where he's running up again, curled up in the corner, crying, terrified, scared even more so because he's now hearing the sound of Mother Superior going up the stairs to beat him again. Jesus, yeah. Because because you didn't sit on Santa's lap. There was a bit even before that we missed as well, which is even more traumatic, where he's having a night terror of some sort. Like he's having a nightmare. Uh, and and so Mother Superior's way of approaching this is to tie him up to the bed. Yeah, that's horrific, isn't it? That is just like, oh, what could make this any worse? Well, if we tie him up, let's get, let's get a cardboard cut out of Santa in the corner. Yeah. Um, well, this is sort of, mate. It'll be fine tomorrow. It's so frustrating. It's so annoying. It's so upsetting and so uh, to see that happen. Because he's, it, it literally is like, most superior it's just pure evil it's even pro it's so evil at this point like it's almost cartoonish um yeah. and leading up to the point and again this happens on some of these every time there's a time jump there's a freeze frame which i i, I so as a fan of yeah. someone from the 80s i do have a little bit of like a good yeah, you've done freeze framing it. but it's like freeze frame and then cuts to 10 years, ten later, years later becomes that so 10 years later it's 1984 mm. um Start, we we pick up with Billy in spring, yes. Uh, and essentially, he's leaving the orphanage, starting right. a normal life. Um, yes. And he gets a job as a stock boy at a local toy store. Sister yes. Margaret helps. She goes ahead and says, "Look, I know it's, I know it's normal practice for someone to come in and deliver a CV, but 
you're not going to say no to a nun, are you? Let's be honest. Um, she talks and, to... Sorry, God, God. No, but there's also the bit, this is what bit we talked about before, where he literally goes and says, like, no, we don't hire boys here. We only hire men. This is a very manly job. Then, you know, lumberjack Billy walks in looking like a giant haystacks looking huge and muscular and like and he turns around and in a weird way when i first when i first saw it, i didn't pick it up but this time around i picked it up going it's a weird bizarrely oddly sexual vibe happening he looks going like yeah. looks him up and i'm going mm. like he's 100%. like you're not a boy you're a man <laughs> i was thinking that completely it's almost like his jaw drops the uh the manager which is a bit strange but billy is like a wardrobe of a man you know <laughs> he's so big He's so big. He's, he's ever so big. So who can blame him? I'm not blaming the uh I'm not blaming the Mr. Sims, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um just because of the age gap. That was the only reason I thought that was a bit. Yeah. But clearly, clearly, um he, he's made for the job, Billy, because yes. then we get like what I can only describe as a a jolly, a lovely um montage, which are essentially Billy's first few months in the job. And yeah. you know what? Everyone's loving him. He's he's helpful. He's great at his job. His his colleagues love him. I think we get a couple of shots of Mr. Sims kind of watching him from afar and going, Yeah. He's yeah, he's a good lad. That's my sexy boy. That's my that's, sexy mad boy. That's my sexy 18-year-old Billy. <laughs> Initially, I was like, We don't know our boys here. And he's like, But men, man boys, we do. Bad boys we do, especially if they look like Billy. Oh God. Uh, but I I think maybe that's a, this whole thing is a love story between Mr. Sims and Billy because he even dresses him up as Santa as yeah. if it's like his depraved fantasies come to life. If you do it that way, that makes it even kinkier and weirder because eventually it's like revenge against the person who forced him into a kinky Santa outfit. Um, but which is, fair, which is fair enough, I think. Revenge. Yeah. Revenge but on that. It- that, that that montage, by the way, is very random to me because it's the only part of the movie that seems, I know it's going to sound awful to say, but the, this movie is predominantly a downer. This movie rarely, if ever, could you say, will lift your spirits up. This is the only part of the movie where there seems to be like everyone's happy. There's one montage because yeah. the music's even perky and jolly, like you said, and it's like the rest of the movie's a downer. But this is like, huh. And it's the only time that ever happens in the movie. Yeah. Um, I kind of enjoyed it though, and it kind of always also made me nostalgic for like toy stores in the eighties. Yeah, because the one bad thing about this toy store is the like mural painted on the windows because there's like no natural light coming in, and maybe that was a that was the point because they probably filmed the exterior um somewhere and then you know yeah. the interior on set, but mm. it it just looked kind of awful. But yeah, I was I was constantly just looking at all the toys in the background. I think there was a Jabba the Hut. Lunchbox yeah. at some point. There was loads of like action figures and various other like toys from the eighties that were recognised. So yeah, if you've got any yeah. sort of level of nostalgia for for toy shops in the eighties, watch this film and kind of just look at the background. It's pretty cool. It does feel nice to see that kind of thing because I remember. Well, for me in the night, it's me more of the nineties, but going to Toys R Us and going to all that kind of stuff. Going, yeah. oh look at all these. Ooh, it does give you that little bit of a like a little kick to it. But the thing is, all that kind of love and joy instantly gets put on halt when after the montage you you start hearing a couple of characters speak which automatically put me off slightly and it's now christmas and santa's in town and it's that's ah oh, okay yeah. um and this is also then leads to a slight gripe another gripe i have about this movie is that like i said there are some people who are just genuinely just evil right and uh they're, they're, they're just characters some characters are just stereotypically just evil or assholes um mm. to the point we're single like <laughs> Come on, 
give me someone who I can sympathize with. Yes, you've got the you basically you, you you you've got the girlfriend-ish character, you know, the one that Billy sort of fantasizes about. But even then, it's not entirely sympathetic. It's kind of just like it's it, it's almost like a bit of a nothing burger. Because who's that guy mm. who's also in the back of the warehouse? Who's oh, just yeah, called... Joe, Joe Pesci. Yeah, the, the, the Mr. Joe Pesci ripoff guy. He, what an I, asshole! Who's that guy supposed to be? I don't understand. He was, seemed to be in the stockroom constantly, either yeah. drinking or smoking, and kind of just giving Billy shit. For and I thought, what does he actually do? I don't understand. Because I'm thinking, like, is it his supervisor? But it's not because Mr. Sims seems to be in charge of all this. So what? Who, who is this asshole character who's literally just being an asshole? And it's it, it frustrated me so much because why do we have this yeah. character here? You're literally you're the worst. Um it, but, I don't understand then, how anything gets done in that shop apart from, from Billy. Billy Billy's like, the only Mr. one who does the work. Mr. Sims seems like a little bit of a nut box. There's like a, a, a lady, like a woman, I get I don't know what, what her role is, but she seems a bit away away with the fairies as a technical term. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> and then it feels like shit shit Joe Pesci and then Pamela. Pamela. I've got some weird sort of relationship seems to blossom out of nowhere. It's not even a relationship, is it? It's kind of feels like just a, a it feels like a Christmas fling type thing. Of thing. A Christmas yeah. fling, you know, when it's the Christmas party, suddenly someone that maybe you hadn't thought of as being uh, your type up until then, <laughs> as soon as yeah. you've got a couple, a couple of Baileys down you, uh, yeah. maybe you're thinking it's Christmas time. Maybe a snog would maybe a snog. Go, maybe a snog, but it does unfortunately go a little bit further than that because yeah. I've never, I don't know about you, but I've never wanted to be titted up in a, <laughs> he did it up in the back of a warehouse, yeah. <laughs> did it up in the back of a warehouse by Joe Pesci. Oh God, Joe, what a kick! So... What a kick! That's someone's like, kick. He's like four foot ten as well. This guy, it's so tiny. Um, but yeah, it's it's it doesn't. Yeah, it basically shows that in that it, like there's no one there really that I get along. You know, so mm. and I think this is also partly the problem with the film for me. It's like there's no a lot of characters to get along. Everything just seems to be this pessimistic just vibe and it's such a downer and it hurts me to get through it um there's one really cool scene that happens in between this stuff because obviously he you know once billy first sees santa claus and goes like ah no he literally falls over and he's trying to get his composure there's a bit oh, yeah. where he's fantasizing about pamela and they're having like they're having like the fantasy sex scene and then literally santa claus comes around and literally kills them by gutting them basically yeah. a really graphic looking thing i'm surprised how gory it looked hmm yeah, um, obviously just before that as well, they sort of unfurl this banner, and rather mm. than Billy kind of going that like scared of Santa, he kind of just stares at Santa as if to say, "That's my fucking arch nemesis. That is right there, Santa Claus." Santa I'm not Claus. happy about that. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> happy about imagine. that. I'm gonna fucking. <laughs> just imagine that stares. He suddenly. Also, oh, it's got, got also it's, the the animatronics are like quite creepy, aren't they? You've got this kind of yeah. Santa who does a weird sort of like lean like. It's great. Or, or it's great having all those animatronic Santa decorations and all this stuff because that le- leads into well, that's half of that's in the trailer, isn't it? The original trailer is all okay. these weird Christmas ornaments that do weird stuff in between scary slashing and murder okay. and so on. Um, and it's it's and it's it's genuinely creepy it's like, as a style choice. Well done. It's creepy having the the nodding Santa and or and 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 like the Nutcracker and doing all this weird shit, genuinely uncomfortable stuff. Um, 
which which later on when the thing finally kicks off really after quite literally i'm not joking i i, I count i've measured this at exactly halfway through the movie is when mm. literally 45 minutes like down to the t billy yeah, snaps okay. and it's like huh literally yeah. halfway through the movie finally snaps um i've had enough now i've had a guts full of this i've been pushed to my yes. to my absolute limit um and it's understandable, you know, because I feel like if you if your phobia was something else, phobia is probably not the yeah. right word, but you know, if your phobia was something else, how often would you be exposed to it? But with Santa, like if you genuinely had a phobia of Santa, there's a whole couple of months of the year which are a complete write off because he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's on TV. He's in the shops. He's he's, he's 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 everywhere. He's literally everything, everywhere, all at once. He's quite literally yeah. what Santa is, and. um this is the thing that really kicks him off because basically the guy who was supposed to play Santa originally couldn't make oh, it. Oh no. And uh, so they have to get Billy in because Billy's the only one who, you know, who will fit in the suit and is up for it and blah blah blah. Well not up for what? it at all. Like basically who, do they ha- who do they have coming in originally as Santa who could fit in the suit? Andre the Giant. Like... I have no idea. <laughs> giant Haystacks, a professional wrestler, basically, is the only one who could fit in that suit. Um, yeah, I feel like so, Mr. Sims kind of he kind of guilt trips Billy into it, didn't he? And or yeah. bl- blackmails him into it. Together. You'd do anything, wouldn't you? You'd do anything for his shop. You would do, do anything for me, you sexy mad lumberjack sexy boy. You lumberjack boy. Yeah, <laughs> I gave I gave you this job. If anything, you owe me. You owe me something. Uh, you anything. owe me. It's, it's, it's surprisingly like creepy in that sense. It's like you could do anything for me, right? Mm-hmm. Stop it, please. Oh, yeah, I would. Did you dress up in a, in a Santa outfit for me? <laughs> Probably so that's probably weird. I'll be totally honest, that's probably the one thing I wouldn't do. Um yeah. I, I've never explained it to you. But again, this is another thing where we kind of think part of us wants Billy to just go, No, I don't want to because yeah. of this. But mm. then obviously, yeah. We, well, I happen. think we also understand why he wouldn't say outright why that kind of He's kind of put in a position where he's worried about losing his job. Be like he's yeah, in the business. Like, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to do this. This is my first ever job. I don't want to lose it. So he yeah. gets into the Santa suit, and like it's like we kind of mentioned before, there's a really creepy scene with 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 kids sitting on his lap and just he's say he's literally just shaking the children. He's, going, he's like you... whispering like sinisterly. Um, yeah. What does he say? I can't well, he's, he basically says things like, have you been good? Have you been naughty? If you're going to get naughty, you know, it's like you say, like, if you're naughty, I will punish you. And it's like, I know ways. I know of ways that can be punishing. It's like, Jesus Christ, you have literally lost your marbles. And all of Already. the parents around are going, and he's good with kids. Look how good he is with kids. He's it's great. Bit, no, no, literally the bit, they're always so good with the kids. He's literally shaking a child. It's like, <laughs> the kids get face on the is ball. Like this. The kid's face is terrified. They're like, any good? He's terrified that kid to silence. He's great. Oh, he's so good with the kids. He shuts them the fuck up. (laughs) That's what you want. That's what you want. Um, Um, I think that's the only, we only see like one kid on his knee, don't we? But um, yeah, but we get the vibe like this is what he's been doing, (laughs) basically. Um, And then, and then after that, it's a Christmas party, which is like, you know, all bits. And this is where. Finally, we've worked, like we mentioned this already. Joe Pesci and Pamela go out and do a bit of sexy time in the warehouse. It goes a little yeah. bit too far. Yeah, it goes a bit too far. So yeah, they essentially have a Christmas party, get the beers out in the store, you know, which yeah. makes me think Mr. Sims can't be asked to even put a little bit of budget aside for them to go out for a meal or a drink somewhere else. He's like, we'll just get we'll just get tanked right up. Here, we'll just get hammered here. Store. Yeah. I wonder how often that kind of happened because that also. Mm. 
happens in what else is happening? I don't know. I feel like it happens a lot in the eighties where like people kind of have after after work drinks like in this place where they're working, like in the store they're working. Yeah, it's more like, oh, by the way, I got a bowl of this. Let's just drink it here. Maybe, maybe it's a bit like chopping more. It reminds me of that a little bit because mm. they all stay stay in the bed shop, don't they? And uh, yeah, but that's more of a that's less of a party and more of a just a place for them to cop off of each other. It <laughs> very much was. Um, and yeah, so yeah, the party's going on and it's fine, really. Like it's not like anything. It's like everyone's having some sherry. They're talking and sharing like the festive spirit but obviously billy's not in the festive spirit he doesn't like this and no and the thing is no one's fucking picking up on it despite saying like oh you know like mr sims at one point goes and say oh your parents it's gonna say oh you know your parents would be proud and something for some dumb reason almost forgets that your billy has no kids no parents <laughs> yeah if you your parents would be proud of seeing you dressed up as Santa Claus. I think they'd love they're it. Dead. They'd absolutely love it. They're dead and they were killed by a Santa. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but you know they probably they wouldn't mind. Yeah, I know, um, it's literally that nonsense. And then yeah, <laughs> they actually all sing. Um, we wish you a merry Christmas, Christmas. as well. Yes. Um, and it made me think. Do, do you realize how into the word wish some people get when they're singing "We wish you a merry Christmas"? Wish you a merry Christmas. We what is wish... all that about? Why do people love that word so much? In in. I I don't know why the word wish is like maybe because it's just like it sounds like a whoosh. So it's Some like people really commit to it. I feel like I'm never the person who commits to it, but there's always one person um when there's like I, a group of people singing it. I'm always kind really of imagining I'm kind of imagining if the if you had a group of people everyone just emphasize a different word every time. We oh, yeah. wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish oh, you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry fair, Christmas. <laughs> that gives a song, which I find pretty tedious at most times. That gives it a whole new lease of life. It gives a whole new say. meaning. I can imagine that every line they just do, like they emphasize a different word of it, going, oh, oh, I'm completely out of whack now. Ah, oh, shit. Shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. But yeah, so basically what happens is Pamela and shit Joe Pesci yeah. get a bit handsy, both of them. Well, he gets handsy. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's taking it one step too far. I think if you're going to have a work-based fling, mm. um, a, ki- a kiss is probably all right. Maybe yeah. a little bit of, I don't know, consensual fondling is also okay. But this goes 10 steps too far. Um, yep. Billy's obviously watching to see what kind of happened. Because, again, he's still got that curiosity about sex. And the, mm. uh, maybe the fact he's dressed like a Santa as well kind of is... Finally, is, is it pro- just... Probably, yeah, everything goes... Everything goes full circle um yeah. and it's when he witnesses he witnesses shit joe pesci um rip open pamela's top in a similar way that killer santa did to his mum, um mm. expose exposing her chest so like pretty much that uh, but this there's a whole moment where i am just kind of like you kind of do want billy to you don't want him to snap but you want him to intervene because yes essentially it's like a sexual assault that's happening um yeah. and you think if, if he intervenes then, you know, he'll be the hero, but he doesn't intervene in a way which can be deemed heroic. Yeah, this this is the first this is the first of many murders now um, where it's again conveniently like really good, clever way of killing someone. Basically, uh, there's fairy lights next to them. So he goes, you know, grabs ship Joe Pesci, wraps fairy lights around him and just strangles him and again because he's literally the size of a fucking house just lifts him up with one arm basically like yeah, he's but like fu- michael myers strength it's so 
horror serial killery kind of like strength, right? Yeah. And it's like he's activated. He's been activated. He's a sleeper agent this entire time. He's yeah. been the sleeper agent of Killer Santa until finally this sort of thing. Now he's like super powered. And this literally Killer Santa. And here is the thing that again, now now we get to the bit where now he's literally now the next half basically the entire half of the movie now is just him going on a murderous rampage. Mm. And there are two ways you of thought you can think about. This is one, oh cool, look at all this murderous rampage. But mm. also for me now, this is where I start thinking like if this was going to be like a proper, like he's now become Santa Claus and his embodiment of Santa Claus, I think maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm putting way too much thought into this movie, which you know, this 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 edge lordy punchline, like what a serial killer, but Santa, right? Yeah. It's more the would he have been maybe not killing some people? Because some people are naturally seeming nice. Like, for example, the moment he kills yeah, off okay. Shichio Pesci, right? Instead of like checking on Pamela and seeing if she's okay, he murders her. Yeah. But then it's because is it because she immediately like is thinks he's insane and says, like, I you're sure you've saved me, but I hate you because you've just murdered somebody in front of me. Yeah. Um, you're 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 a murderer. But then it's like that look, look, everyone in this movie is kind of a bad person or a bit creepy, but never to the extent that it yeah. deserves this level of death. Mr. Sims, we now we've been joking that he's a bit of a maybe he's a bit of a bit of a perv, but maybe not. Maybe just us really overthinking the fact that he really likes this man. It but, was the eighties, I think everyone was a bit of a perv. It was, it was perv but, but the idea is like when you look at him, it's like, well, he, does he deserve that level of murder? It's very bizarre. Like, not everyone, not everybody uh, in this yeah, movie deserves uh, okay. that level of murder. I get what you're saying. It's, it's almost like as soon as the insanity is triggered, he goes on a, a, a sort of a, a, a rampage, which is just killing people for the for sake seemingly of it, no reason. For the sake of it, yeah, exactly. It's not like, and it's almost like you keep saying punish, punish, punish. They could have said, you know, he's punishing bad behavior. Like, he's, pun I guess, in a way, some people, maybe he kills her because the punishment is. The fact that she was going to seemingly look like she was going to have sex with shit, shit Joe Pesci. And then it was like a sexual, even though it wasn't consensual at a, at a push, mm. it was a sexual scenario. And maybe seen both of those people in that sexual scenario as needing to be punished because he believes sex is wrong, naughty. And the, is that why is that why he kills um, the couple as well, the babysitting couple? Um, but, but then again, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't explain some of the others I know. I mean, like, the babysitting couple, like, there's no connection to them to anyone in the movie. Like, we're introduced to them quite literally at this point in time. There's no connection yeah. to Billy. Nothing happens. In fact, we don't even... Did he just literally just go into this house for it no reason like and just mean. wanted to kill them? It's yeah. it's a reason why this movie, I lose all... It's weird way. It's a movie that built up all the sympathy about trauma. And then halfway through, I lose all sympathy. Because, yes, mm. he snaps. But... If he was literally doing the thing of being naughty or nice or being that kind of thing, yeah. I would say, okay, so this is literally trauma kicking. No, this is the idea of he's now just snapped. He's going to murder literally randomers. Um, and it just doesn't feel like any of it's deserved because we don't spend any time with some of these people long enough to feel like whether yeah. the only the only person that generally, you know, there's only two people in the movie out of all the people we've interacted with that do deserve to get killed off. One was shit Joe Pesci because he was he's literally was an asshole the entire movie, and Mother Superior who 
spoiler alert, doesn't technically get killed off. So, yeah. and so there's the payoff. So everyone else is just literally, we, it's almost like we need a body count. So let's murder everyone. Yeah. In unique festive ways, though, let's not lie. So, for example, um, like Mrs. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry, Johan. I was just going to say, it's is, is kind of frustrating because I thought this this film does really take its time with the character of Billy, giving yes. him a backstory, helping us understand him and his trauma and what would trigger him and all of these things for it to only then just go, ah, yeah, but now it's a Killer Santa movie. It's, yeah, it's almost the idea of like, oh, they forgot they were making a slasher movie and go, oh, right, we need to, we're only, we're ha literally halfway through the film and there is no slasher murder yet. Okay, so mm. full slasher mode now with there's no, no real, like, there's no real, like, um, nobody tries to, like, reason with Billy at any point either. There's no opportunity to reason with him or try and, like, snap him out of it, which I was kind of hoping for. I thought if they mm. could try and maybe, like, bring him back. Like Sister Margaret would have been great to have. Like, mm. imagine a confrontation with him and Sister Margaret. Sister Margaret, no, no, no. I'm. I know what you're going through. I'm the only logical reason. I'm mm. the only voice of reason here. Take off the Santa suit. You're not Santa. You're not. You Santa, are yeah. Billy. You're fine. You are not this. Give a hug. Yeah, like, drop an axe. You know. You're not Santa. The guy who killed your parents. He wasn't Santa. Santa is literally just a costume and. The, the the weight that costume holds over you will be no more. You know, something like that. Who knows? And maybe in that moment, Billy um, doesn't commit a, a certain act of murder and he kind of gets a, a redemption of sorts, even though, of course, he's going to be going down for murder. But, you know, yeah, I think it was lacking. I, I agree with you. I think it was lacking that. Yeah, because look, not going to lie, the deaths are fun. Like, um, like the woman get there's one woman who gets killed with, an, with a bow and arrow, which is awesome. Um, Why are they selling that bow and arrow in this toy That's shop? lethal. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> it's awful. Um, like you got you got the bow and arrow death, quite fun. Um, you've got the the babysitter couple um, where she gets killed by having antlers through her, which is Jesus, disgusting. Yeah. And there's a really creepy scene where the little girl comes out, and there's a bit we were saying like, "Oh my god, is he going to murder a child?" And it's like, "Have you been naughty or nice?" And gives her a bloody a bloody box cutter yeah so he, use, he uses the box cutter to murder pamela then he murders yeah. mr sims with a hammer um, oh. and then mrs randall is apparently the other one who's, who's apparently a manager um, and that's the bow and arrow lady that's the bow and arrow lady yeah um so yeah and he just breaks into a nearby house smashes the door in finds denise who's topless because you know as you <laughs> as, as you, as you do you know, getting uh, getting a little bit on with his, you know, getting on with a boyfriend on the getting pool on with table. a boyfriend who looks so much like Michael Cera. Cera, it does. It's unbelievable. He's got like the same hair. He's got the same little demeanor, little weird way, way his chin like tapers off into his neck. <laughs> Those are the same guy. And I'm like, hang on a minute, Michael Cera, like um, twenty time traveler. Years, Michael Cera, time, time, time traveler. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Cindy goes to get the cat in. Uh, yeah. topless. It seems really cold as well. I feel like you're going to wrap, wrap yourself up with something. Grab a coat. Grab a coat. Uh, anything like that. But yeah, he smashes away into the house. Um, this and is just... the thing. How, how he manages to like have this big fight with Cindy and her boyfriend doesn't hear it. I guess he's got music playing. Yeah, also, but... They're having sex on the pool table. I mm -hmm. feel like... I mean, I don't want to give you too, too much information here, Johan, but I've never had sex on a pool table because I imagine bad for the knees... Bad for like the any. I feel like it would the the felt the green felt 
It will cause all sorts of havoc chafing. With, your na- with your naked body. Chafing, yeah. Yeah, although I think I like the bit where it says, like, eight ball. Eight, uh, I think the, 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 the boyfriend says, eight ball in corner pocket. And like, yeah. Oh, he does say that. Yeah, yeah, he does say that. But like, good. you know what? That's the only reason why we never have sex at the pool table, because you just <laughs> want to have that one <laughs> joke. I'd do that joke, or I'd put chalk on the end of it. <laughs> chalk it up, love. Uh, chalk it up, will you? Come on. Um, yeah, so yeah. That, that kind of happens. And how does, how does he kill... Um, uh, I I, th- I think Billy, I think um, I can't remember oddly enough. This is the point. Like it's almost comes a blur. Oh, frozen through a window. Froze through a window, and all the and all the glass gets frozen. For out the first time, Billy gets like knocked on his ass a couple of times while he's trying mm-hmm. to fight this this guy. Yeah, um, which is kind of insane because the other guy's like a little um a a, a bit of a. He's literally like a third of him. Like like in terms of, of body mass, he's like a third of billy the lumberjack but you know maybe this proves it you know ray mysterio was a good wrestler he wrestled brock lesnar once this is what we're saying anyone oh, yeah. can take on billy if they've got the moves if they got the hurricane runner they can get, they can <laughs> fuck him up we need the speed uh but yeah yeah, yeah he, he slings him through a window like uh hardcore and him. all the glass like chunks of glass go into his face and everything else and then there's the only time i generally laughed out of the murder which was the sled bit because Again, this very great. This was great. I like this, this. Is what I was thinking. Like when when you watch this movie the first time <laughs> around, you're thinking, "This is what it is. The entire movie is going to just be this, right? This is the kind of thing you want all the murders to be, right? You want mm. all of it to be that, right? You want the entire movie, ninety minutes of these ridiculous over the top deaths, where you got these two asshole bullies who go oh, and yeah. like steal a sled. They go down the sled. One of them looks like forty five. I mean, so odd. <laughs> I'm just like, is, it, is this guy? Why are you still bullying kids like this? You're 45, and I thought actually, I think he is a, a kid himself. No, um, but what's but really yeah, funny it... is like, I think one of the other kids actually say like, it's like, are you a little old for sledding? He literally says something like that. As like, yeah, you're, you're you're looking ancient, mate. And then that's the guy though. When he goes down again, Billy just magically turns up. Like we don't know how he got here. Goes in front of him, punish, chops off his head with an axe. It was so not only has he already got Michael Myers' strength, but he's also yeah. got Michael Myers' teleportation. Um, yeah, abilities because he keeps appearing all over the place around this town. Yeah, and just fucking people up. But again, this is another perfect example where he could have gone. I'm going to kill all four of these kids, but he could have gone. Oh, two of them been nice. Two of them been naughty. Kill the naughty ones. Exactly. And then, in a weird way, I'm not saying we'd be sympathetic a bit more, but at least we'd be more on board with it because we're like, we know his motivation now. We know yeah, his motivation, which is sense. he's purposely going out to kill naughty people. It's like, okay, it's it's again like it's like Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees, to a degree, is really killing people who are just supposedly being, you know, bad. You know, but yeah. most, but 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 in his eyes, everyone's bad because his mum has taught him. That everyone's bad, basically, right? Yeah. So that's the vibe. But here's like, there's no motivation for most of these deaths. The sled one has a bit of sense to it because it was a bully. But like, again, we had no reason to see that Billy was even there at all. Yeah. Like, like Billy, it literally sounds like Billy just walking along, saw a kid in a sled and just chopped off his head. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, it is great, though, isn't it? So obviously, the, the head rolls. It's so good. I think it's a really good reaction from his friend as well, like a uh, really good blood curdling scream. Uh, so yeah, one one kid goes down on his sled, perfectly fine. The other one goes down. Um, Billy steps out with his axe, takes his head off, and then um, the sled arrives at the bottom of the hill with the decapitated body, and the head rolls down as well. 
there's one shot that I can clearly see what they did there. One's basically, you can see the paper mache head, obviously. Yeah. But then there's one shot, which I can clearly see is they got a, like a manic, they got the body in, but they got the head of the guy covered in snow. And you can see that's the one shot um, where you go okay. like, that's definitely the guy covered. That's definitely the guy's head covered in snow. That's not the paper mache head. Cause we've just seen it roll down before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. That, and that was great. Again, main reason is because it makes it, it, it 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 has a little bit of sense, but the whole movie doesn't do that. Um, yeah. I'm trying to figure out after this, it's daytime by this point. Like suddenly now, it's daytime now, and I'm not sure whether he murders anyone else, but he does murder. murder well, he still murders a few more I people. Think it kind of really put the brakes on at this point. Like yeah. I felt like with the with probably my favorite scene, which was the the sledding scene. Yeah. It seemed to just really put the brakes on now, which and I think it even even like this finale kind of felt a bit slow to me. Um, mm. despite the fact this is what like an 85 minute movie or something like that, it, um, yeah, it's about it's about yeah, with the it's about 80, it's like 85, 90 minute. It's like it's not much at all, no. And obviously, this is where um, Sister Margaret um gets involved with the police and basically tries to say that we need to stop this. And she when she mm. falls asleep at the station. One of the police officers says it's not good news. You know, he's been committing these murders, but also he's been evading um, the police officers as well. Um, and that is when Sister Margaret says, I, I know where he's going to go next. Um, we're going to he's going to go to the orphanage. Um, yeah. So the police head to the orphanage. Um, we see the orphans all out in the out in front of the orphanage playing, yeah. enjoying, enjoying the snow. Mm hmm. And I think we knew what exactly what was going to happen here, didn't we? And here's the thing. Yeah, the moment we kind of knew what was happening here. But here's the thing, again, like a police officer goes over, sees someone in a Santa Claus outfit, and and because the the Santa wasn't responding, shoots the Santa in the back. Now, here's the thing. We were, I'm not sure we were ever introduced to this character beforehand, or uh, I have no idea. Because this is, again, lazy writing. There's a bit where, where it says like, it's like, like they say, like we got him, sir. We've got him, and then like yeah. they're all in the car, kind of thing. And, Mark, and Sister Margaret's, oh, thank God, what a relief, we got him. And it's like, it's like, and it's like, and the sheriff's like, I'm so sorry about this, but I'm so sorry you weren't able to reason with him. Then yeah. literally afterwards, like the description is wrong. The man is in his fifties, and is, and then we're literally introduced to a character. That, oh, that is Father Something Something. You know, yeah. he, he, it was his time. It was his time this year to dress up as Santa Claus. And it's like, yeah, but he didn't respond. Oh, of course he would. He's deaf. It's like, who is this? This is like, should have ah! introduced him earlier, earlier in the film. You know, if we had a deaf sort of priest knocking about. It yeah, been, the, that reveal would have been so much more impactful, wouldn't it? But uh, it's like this random not. schmuck we've never met before. We don't even see him properly. He's just a man in a suit. Apparently was a very apparently was a, a regular character that we'd ever get to see. <laughs> a regular character is that guy from down the road. Um yeah. yeah, murdered. Also these kids have now witnessed this is this is I'm going to keep a tally for this. Children at the orphanage have now seen one Santa shot in the back. Yes. One. Just remember one. that tally. Put that to one side. Remember that one. tally. One. <laughs> then the guy like shot him. Yeah. Uh goes looking he goes there's like an outhouse, isn't there, which which yeah. like leads down some stairs, which I think is linked to the orphanage somehow, is it not? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like it leads down to the cellar. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a tunnel that goes down to the cellar of the of the of the orphanage, I believe it is. And mm. it's yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, and that's where Billy turns up. But I love how it how it happens, just like 
it's again, again, magically kind of teleports, really. Where has he been all night? No idea. He's magical now. Santa freezing. Is freezing out there. Freezing cold, but don't worry, he's got Santa Christmas magic to protect him. Because <laughs> he does if you know another thing I noticed with when the police were looking for him, he kind of jumped down and hid like at the side of the road as well. And that was quite reminiscent, obviously, of when he hid from the Santa as yeah. well. He just loves hiding hiding in bushes. Yeah. That's where he slept all night. He just slept in the bushes. But here's again, like here's the thing, like the movie is doing nods to his past like we've done the whole thing and everything else but it almost feels like the movie doesn't want to bother with that like the idea of him literally doing the things that's happened to him as a child living reliving his trauma but now in the opposite role could have been an incredibly deep Mm. like genuinely like amazing character study on trauma and commercialism of christmas the idea that you can't escape christmas and what Mm. if you're traumatized by christmas you have a whole like there's two months of the year you cannot escape from this movie doesn't care at all it doesn't care and so it just says where are the murders so obviously he gets the so then that police officer gets brutally killed by an axe really good though but good good axe kill like it's a good bloody nasty gory wound but it's like boom ah and then (laughs) literally like again no time to talk to this person because we barely met this guy (laughs) and then the police get the police get introduced very late on as well don't they very do they're like they again these characters who get killed off we rarely get time to sympathize with them or sink their assholes or whatever so mm-hmm. all these deaths feel so empty um and now we're leading up to the final boss basically we are finally getting there basically we're trying to get to the final boss battle in a weird way this is the thing that the whole movie's building up to mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of funny because the mother superior has literally told the kids don't open the door we're going to sing some Christmas carols or Ave Maria. And we're going to sing a whole bunch of Christmas songs, whatever it is, just to keep the kids distracted. And one yeah. kid, just being an idiot, sees Santa at the door and opens the bloody thing up, despite the fact that it's quite literally like, no, basically. Santa, they've just seen a Santa murdered in front of their eyes. Now there's another Santa. And they're like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Also, we should mention Mother Superior is now like in a wheelchair as well. So in terms of final yes. boss, like, could anybody be less equipped to take on giant killer santa billy um than yeah. mother superior uh yeah. with 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 no rod and now a wheelchair <laughs> no rod and in a wheelchair it's it feels like it feels like it feels like a little too late now to have that proper redemption arc of let's finally kill santa like let's finally kill mother superior because that is quite literally she is the final boss in this case and mm. it's just like it's gone to it's like in okay i think you might right do you know in like a uh, mel gear solid free snake eater you got mm-hmm. that one character who's like a who's like a sniper but he's very old and if you just sort yeah. of wait long enough he will just die of old age yeah. right apparently he's this epic boss battle but if you just wait long enough he'll just die of old age you could this you could go into the con- you could go into the console change the date on the console yeah and he and if you loaded your save he would be dead it, this is literally how it feels because you miss an entire boss battle for literally spending it's it this this has taken too long basically um and it's gone to the point now that most superior is not really this yeah she is an evil woman and we still feel that she's an evil woman but it's now almost like this is too much of an easy picking to be the final boss probably like pity her in a way don't you but this is the thing it could have represented billy differently it could have showed his pity for her you know not even bother thinking about killing her because 
look look at look at what she's become you know um i i pity her perhaps you know that could have been something that was all the idea is that you're already going through hell by literally maybe 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 mother superior has more of a sickness maybe she's dying of cancer or something and so like i don't have to kill you karma's come to you god has given you cancer And then maybe in this point is when Sister Margaret reasoned with him, reasoned that he's not the person who needs to make these decisions of naughty and nice because, you know, life is clearly already doing that for some people and snap him out of it, maybe. But but no. No, No, we get basically, again, out of the blue, just as he's about to swing his axe and kill Mother Superior, bang, 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 bang. And now this is the second Santa that the kids have seen shot. <laughs> They're just going to think every Christmas day is like this, you know? Every Christmas day, there'll be two Santas. They'll both get shot in the back. Um, Imagine that's now become a Christmas tradition. It's like yeah. you see a little kid going, when is Santa coming? And when is he going to get horribly shot? It's like, shut up, Billy. Go. Shut up, Billy. No more Santas. Uh. Um, so there's a, maybe a tiny, slight attempt at uh, redemption for Billy because obviously... In his last gasping moments, doesn't he say to the kids, like, you're safe now, Santa's gone. Yeah. And yeah. It's it's and Sister Margaret's there of him in his final moments. Hmm. But obviously there's a little bit of a focus on Ricky, yeah. who is fourteen now. Yes. Um although he looks great, he looked much younger than that. I was like I know, right? It's like fourteen year olds, puberty hasn't kicked in yet for him. Not at all. Um, and he's angry. He's fuming about the whole situation, and he's staring at Mother Superior. At Superior, and the final freeze frame is after he says to her, "Naughty." Yeah, and it's and then it comes. And this is the thing. One thing we haven't mentioned. I'm going to throw this to you quickly. Then you get the horrible music. Now, the soundtrack for this is utterly disgusting. I hate it. The music is awful. It sounds <laughs> like someone headbanged a Casio keyboard and yeah. said this. It's awful. Like, there's no tunage. There's no nothing. It's just, let's just press random synthesizer keys on a Casio just because it sounds creepy. It's disgusting. And so at the end of it, when it says naughty, all you hear is... (laughs) Sounds disgusting. I hated it. It's awful. It's pretty nice. Um, Music by Perry Botkin Jr. Uh, It wasn't music. He won a Grammy in 1977. What? He had his look, Grammy, and he was like, "I'm not interested anymore. I'm just going to do this." Well, this look, film. I mean, I mean, this movie didn't have much of a budget. Like, this movie was just about like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So I'm assuming, so like, right, I'm giving you this much, and uh, you know, and uh, and and he was going like, "It's barely anything. I'm just going to give this him like what, a half-ass thing." This is what you get. Um, yeah, and then it, and that that is the that is the end of that film. So I know there are sequels too. Um, I guess before we sort of jump into any other bits. You've, have you seen all of the sequels? Have you just seen... No. I've only seen Cyanide, Deadly Night Part 2. Uh, I haven't seen 3, 4, 5, or 6, which is technically a pseudo-remake. Um, I haven't seen okay. those. I have seen 2, and I'll tell you right now, 2 is a lot better. And here's the reason why. You know all the bits we've kind of already moaned a bit about the first movie? Because this movie was horrible. The Cyanide, Deadly Night 2 follows the story of Ricky this time. Right, so it's Ricky. Okay. Ricky is now older. He's 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 now he's like he's he's an ins- he's an he's 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 an insane asylum. He's been, been committed. Blah blah blah. But the movie is was criticized because it literally uses half of the footage from the original movie in a form of flashback. Right. Oh, okay. However, it's no longer an hour and a half of all this. 
it's only 45 minutes of footage and then another 45 minutes to like an hour of new original stuff using this as a framing compromise. So what it kind of does is it just gets all the best bits from Silent Night, Deadly Night in this new narrative device. And then it goes bananas and silly with it and it becomes great. And now he goes on murderous rampage and tries to kill Mother Superior. But here's the best thing. This this has been memeable. Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 has one of the famous memes, which literally this is the movie that has garbage day in it. Garbage day, yeah, I thought so. This is the one that has garbage day. It is this. And it makes the movie now a black comedy. And mm. it makes the whole thing now far more entertaining to watch and less grueling and pessimistic and nasty. It just makes it funny and campy. And it becomes it becomes a far more better a far better experience for me, personally. Um mm. and to the point is I would honestly recommend if anyone wants to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night, watch part two if you just want to have fun with it. If you want to watch a genuine, if you want to watch the first one, just be wary about what we've discussed, basically, mm. that it is this thing. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's bizarre how, I've, like I said, like I would never say go for a sequel before the original, but this one, 1,000%. If you want fun, watch a sequel. Did you get, um, is, is it apparently 40 minutes of the original as well? Yeah, but yeah, it's literally like half the film is still half of the original is in this movie. So it's it was horribly it was it was heavily criticized for it because that movie only had the budget of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It had very little money. Oh wow! Okay, so one third of the of the original. So by that point, they're saying, "Hmm, okay, well, since we have very little money. We can't really make a full movie, but we have enough to make a movie that could be used as a narrative device. And we still own the rights to the other half of the original movie. So why not do that? And it is a far more fun experience and definitely cheesier, definitely dumber, definitely ridiculous. And basically the one who, Eric Freeman, who plays Ricky is so campy and ridiculous. It is solid. It's fantastic. Um, So yeah. Solid trash tapes recommendation, you'd say then. 100%. 100%. I would prefer this over the over this movie uh, tenfold. Amazing. Okay. Um, I've got some name game for you. Do you remember okay. how name game works? Do I need to remind you? It's been a while. Do you want to tell me how okay. name game works? I'll remind you. I'll remind you. So basically, I'll give you the synopsis of a movie which mm-hmm. sounds very similar to Silent Night, Deadly Night, but there will be a slight change in the title um, based on the synopsis clue I give you. Okay. All right, let's go for it. I'll give you a very easy one first, so hopefully you will um, you will understand the concept better. But yeah, okay. I apologize in advance for some of these because I think Andy might be the expert, and occasionally when it's all when all the responsibility is on me to create to create them, I I tend to do badly. Questionable. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so little Billy witnesses his parents getting killed by Santa after being warned by a senile grandpa that Santa Santa punishes those who are naughty, and those who enjoy eating bread. Eating bread? This one's bad. (laughs) Eating bread? Uh, uh, I I don't know that one now. You said it's easy. I can't even figure that one out. Tell me the answer so I get the idea. Try and and stick the word bread into the title of this movie. Silent Night, Breadly Night? (laughs) Correct, yeah. (laughs) That's okay, that's that's me getting you ready for the next few. Okay, oh my um, god! Okay. This one's only going to work if you've seen Breaking Bad. Sure. 
Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Little Billy witnesses his parents getting killed by Santa after being warned by a senile grandpa that Santa punishes those who uh, cook meth. So basically, what I'm going to ask you to do is fit in a famous Walter White trademark saying slash... Uh, what word Ooh. am I thinking of? Catchphrase. Oh, catchphrase. Into Silent Night, Deadly Night. A famous Walter White catchphrase. Oh. Oh. Ah, I can't remember. It's it's. I'm I'm thinking if the catchphrase is "I am the one who knocks," and if that's the case, then I'm trying to figure out how the hell do I put it in this. Um, uh, <laughs> because the only thing it's weird enough, I'm thinking like it's Batman. It's like I am the knight. I am the <laughs> deadly knight. <laughs> but I can't. That would be pretty good as well. That would be great, but I can't think of how would I do that. Um, it's. I think it's. I can't remember. Like, unless I'm it's giving, unless I'm not giving you the best clue. To be fair. Nah, I'm just thinking. If it's I'm the one who knocks, I'm trying to figure it out. It's like I can't. I, I think it, I can't think of it. I can't think okay. of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Silent night, treadly light. Treadly light. Says, gotcha. Tread lightly, doesn't he? Sorry, tread I, I, I did tell you these were. I did tell you these weren't great. Um, <laughs> it's hard. Don't worry. Okay, I'm not good at this. Go on. Little, little Billy witnesses his parents getting killed by Santa at a Christmas themed disco, okay. where the DJ plays a song that that's that Billy doesn't like which is a mashup of various Christmas hits okay <laughs> so it's a Christmas disco <laughs> what okay what is this oh this is literally just I'm sorry oh it's like now now like to call music basically it seems like, it's one basically of those like that so right i'll give you i'll give you another clue you know Please. when you're at a disco and yeah. the all the songs from greece are played like in one go yes it's a mega mix it's a mega mix what else would you call that oh, uh what would you call a mega mix i was talking about mega mix or maybe it was called uh oh it's not if it says a mashup it's not a mashup or it's it rhymes with deadly Deadly. Uh, why am I? Why am I drawing a blank now? This is so bad of me. I'm usually far better at this. <laughs> oh, I'm really bad at this. How is this so bad? Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hate myself. Tell me, please. I can't do this one. This is so bad. Silent night. Medley. Medley Med night. That's Silent like med medley night, or I could call it Silent night medley shite. He's very shite. Medley shite. Medley's a shite. I hate it when a medley comes on at uh, any level of event. You know, when yeah. someone pulls out the medley or the mega mix. I think mega mix is probably the better way to describe it. Yeah. Um. And I apologize not just to you, Johan, but to everybody listening for the next one. Go on. Little Billy witnesses his parents getting killed by Santa after being warned by a senile grandpa that Santa punishes those who not only are naughty but those who gradually change ethnicity, similarly to Michael Jackson. So now you want me to name the condition? <laughs> not, 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 the, not the condition as such. Um, uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping this isn't too offensive. I don't think it's too offensive. Oh but I apologise for, the, for the, 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 the terrible nature of it. Oh, what? Oh, God. Like, Silent night. night. Something night. But it's more about what is that no, thing? Then? It's, not, it's not something night. It's silent night. Something. Got you. Okay. Um, 
someone who changes ethnicity like Michael Jackson. Uh, oh. And not to say Michael Jackson didn't ever change ethnicity, just physically, yeah. perhaps the representation of that ethnicity was altered over time. If he had plastic surgery or not, who knows? Who's to say? I'm not going to confirm or deny that because I don't know. I'm just having the funny thoughts now. Silent night, barely white, but that is really awful. It's pretty awful, but you you're very close. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Oh, white really is the final word, but now I think of a word that kind of feels like deadly. Deadly, uh, something white. Oh my goodness! Um, oh, why do I feel like if I'm now? Why do I feel like I'm treading on eggshells? Because I don't want to offend your listeners by saying it. Um. Can't think of it, but probably I know it's white now. I thought it was barely I mean, white because it's I mean, not really I mean, the case. But I think give give you the point for for barely white, but it is yeah. Silent Night steadily white. God damn it! These are awful. awful. I love it, but and they're I, awful. I did apologize. Um, not only did I apologize beforehand, but I also apologized to, to everybody for this particular section of the show. I think Andy is a lot more. <laughs> Is a lot better of these than me, but that's it. That's <laughs> I, only had, I only had four, you know. I don't know if you've got any. You? Yeah, have you got any? You got any name game for me? Slightly, no, no, because I, I, no, I, I don't think I can because now I think I'm broken. Now I need a moment to recover because I just <laughs> feel like <laughs> Silent Night, Bradley Night was the most most basic one, and I even included the word bread in the clue, which I never, which is a rule you should never do. You should never but, do that with name. But game. it's never gone to the degree with thinking like, yeah, we need something like this. Oh my goodness, that was. Yeah, uh, I, pol- I apologize for my poor responses to that, but my God, those were surprisingly Dude, like either hard or like, what? I've been on the receiving end of, of name game for so long that I know exactly where you stand. Sometimes Andy will say something, I'm like, you're just saying words. Yeah, I it makes no sense. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. But that All was right. fun. You got, you got, you got a bit I, right. I, I, I've, I've got, got one point. and a half points. One well half, done. You know, um. So now we've got to rate the movie. So obviously sure. we rate the films like A to F. Mm. Um, how do you feel about this? I mean, initially after watching this film, I felt a bit more upbeat about it. But after discussing it with you, I realized, yeah, it does. It is lacking in some ways. I would, if I was going to grade this, I would give it, I'd give it a C minus, I think. The reason why I give it a C minus because there is a, there's a foundation here that's really interesting. It's this whole it's it there's a character development here that literally just loses just completely just disappears quite literally halfway through. As if the movie mm. just built up all this stuff only for it to just become a punchline and reach the end. But if this movie was done with done with more sensitivity and better hands, I think this the, the story of there is fascinating. Which is why I'm giving it a C minus. And plus, there are some de- there are some really bloody murders that are really interesting, but it's 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 also an incredibly dour downer of a movie that really kind of put me in a bad mood again afterwards and just reminded me that I really should watch the second part more because that's more of a cheerful <laughs> approach. So I'd give this a C minus because there's something there. Like I'm not gonna yeah. like say, oh, there's nothing here. There is something here, and on better and by done done by someone else, it would have been amazing. But this is a uh, mm. yeah. It left me sour at the end. Not not a, a cheery uh, Christmas movie to watch then and enjoy. Um, <laughs> I guess knows. the only thing Christmassy about it is the fact that there is um, a Santa suit in it. Also, the bells on the sa- on the cuffs of the Santa suit. What's that yeah. about? Is that a, is that a thing? 
I, I never knew that was a thing. I mean, unless because un, I always thought the reason why you hear the bells is because that's the reindeer, right? Yeah. I didn't think I didn't think it came from the goddamn sleeves. Because I was thinking you can't really sneak around as a, as a slasher with the old bells on you, can ching, you? Chinga 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 ching, boom, nah. Yeah. See, so at the end of this film, I kind of felt a little bit like, ah, oh, that was pretty good, you know. But after discussing it with you, I've kind of thought, okay, it's lacking in a lot of areas and. I think it, it does a really good job of setting up this character of Billy in terms of um, mm. his trauma and everything like that. But I feel like it does, doesn't does do him as a character much justice in terms of yeah. the fact that it just turns him into this mindless killer who's kind of just saying, punish, punish, punish over and over again. That's a bit mm. difficult to take because I kind of feel like, oh yeah, it's, it feels quite tragic. I already mentioned that. It feels quite tragic. Yeah, and it is, he is of, tragic. I feel sorry for the character, but also just the way it was kind of treated. And I think by the time the finale or the final third kind of rolls around, I feel like it lost some level of momentum. I'll probably mm. go for a straight C just because mm. I think I did enjoy it more than perhaps I expected to just because, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of like sort of Christmas horror movies, mm. but I felt like this was kind of, it felt, it kind of felt a bit, silly in places but not necessarily in a way that was you wouldn't say you're having a great time with it it was just yeah one of those films wouldn't it um mm. but maybe looking at the ridiculous nature of it through the let through a modern lens back mm. at like this 1984 movie that was clearly very controversial um mm. and for, for i guess for good reason but at the same time looking back at it, it kind of makes you feel a bit that that's kind of a bit silly that it did get so much that there was so much controversy attached yeah. um mm. So yeah, I think just a straight C for me. I think it's worth it's worth a watch if you've not seen it before. Um, maybe I'll check out some of the sequels eventually at some point. Um, who knows? Part number two. two, part number two. Number two. No, all the others I have no idea, and I don't think it'd be any good. Part two, definitely. Um, yeah, and yeah, I think that's that's a fair assumption. There is something here. Watch it once, see if you like it. Um, like. That it's not it's not unoriginal in that sense. There's some really good deaths and stuff like that, but yeah, it's too dour it's, and too. It's very yeah, it's very dour. It's very negative. It's got a bit yeah, definitely lots of missed opportunities in terms of the plot and in terms of character arcs as well. And it does it does feel quite mean spirited, you know. And I know a lot of slasher films are like that. They are mean spirited by design, but I don't know. You still want a little bit of substance to it, don't you? And you kind of want to mm. root for somebody. The fact that there's there's not really like another character who goes up against Billy in any way. It's kind of just this story about him and it's kind of odd for them to, the antagonist of the film to be like the main character in a slasher, it, at least. It's a villain origin story, like we said. You know, it's it's almost the same way. Okay, this is going to sound a bit interesting, a bit weird that way, but it's a little bit like when you watch Joker a bit. Mm. Joker in a Joker in the same way is like here is the you know this character's been beaten and beaten and beaten down, and then by the end of it, boom, he goes full villain. But by that point, we've spent so much time with him that we I'm not saying completely relate to him or understand him, no, but you feel less like it's suddenly like a snap and he's lost all his morals and his motives or anything. Uh, yeah. he, he has a goal. He knows what his goal is. It just happens to be that. Here, the moment he finally snaps over, he's, he's, he's a robot. He's just a killing robot. Yeah. It, there is nothing here. And that is just such a shame. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think I agree with you. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely a disappointment. But still, um, if you're looking for a festive fright, it's definitely mm. something worth checking out in terms of like a film that's probably got a bit of a cult following now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
So there we go. That is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please become a patron of the show over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thank yeah. you to our current patrons who include John Crinner, Ben Scaife, Stephen Christopher, Laura Kendrick, Toby Miller, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Leslie Carlo, Julia Bilgren, Nick Spill, Troy Bursch, and Pazuzu. Thank you to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review. Head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and even TikTok now. Can you believe it? Woohoo! Um, woohoo! Johan, where would you like us to direct our listeners to you and to trash tapes and to enigmatic and anything like that we'll put all the links in the show notes as well mm-hmm. well um we're, we're doing a lot more in enigmatic now so we have if you go onto instagram and on if you go to instagram you go at enigmatic you find us there if you want to find out stuff on tiktok ed has his own tiktok it's harvey retro you find enigmatic yes. stuff there um, when it comes to the podcast, you can just type in the trash tapes on any place. Um, you know, we, we, we have it on ACAST, but you can literally do it on anything. So if you mm. type in the trash tapes, you find episodes there, which are sporadically coming out at this moment because we're doing a lot of other stuff as well. Um, you can find me on Instagram as well under Johan underscore uh, trash tapes. So you can find that down there as well. And um, and yeah, just follow us on those kind of things. We're like, if you type in Enigmatic Productions, you'll mostly find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and that kind of thing by doing it like that to find any information. And like I said, on the in January, on in January time, we're going to be doing the uh, we're doing do the cult film club screening. So if you if, if that's something that interests you, come along there. It'll be good times. Yeah, we'll put a link to that in the show. Are tickets available for that? Yeah, they are available now. Yeah. Wonderful. So we'll grab a link for that and put that in the show notes as well. If that sounds like it's up your street. Apart from that, definitely have to get you and Ed back on the show um, at some point very soon. I know we've already discussed pre-recording that we've got some ideas of films to cover. I know Andy wants to cover certain films, so let's do it. Um, Next week, we're doing Bloody New Year, which is a New Year movie. I've never seen it. Andy has. A New Year movie set in July, but, you know, perfect way to round off the year. Um, <laughs> exactly. So thanks again, Johan, for joining us. Um, it's been an absolute been a pleasure. Been a, an absolute pleasure. Um, good times and happy Christmas, season's greetings, happy holidays to everyone out there who celebrates. And if you don't celebrate, you know, just don't turn into a, a Santa Claus killer. Because as we've, as we've as we've learned from this movie, nobody wins. Nobody wins. You just get shot in the back. And that's not fun for anybody. Wise. Uh... Yeah, exactly. Okay. See you later. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.